As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Truth Seeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increased synchronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen. Won't you come, come and take me? Into the Truth Seeker Podcast. Dark elves, psychics, everything's ungodly, dark savage. Streaming live at TruthSeeker.com. She's not a Christian. Give it up, y'all. Your portal to the paranormal, esoteric, and all things spiritual. She's tampering in dark savage stuff. And now, your host, Truth Seeker. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? I'm Truth Seeker. This is the True Seeker Podcast, man. Excited, delighted to be with you guys again today. Uh, it's been a minute since I've done a show. We had our uh, 18-year anniversary uh, last week and coupled it in with our family vacation. And then uh, some of the patrons, some of the community came together and uh, purchased us a extended stay at the beach in Destin. So shout out to the community and those people who have done that. You know who you are. Um, I don't know everybody who had a hand in it, but thank you guys so much. Um, it, it, it meant the world that you guys believe in us that way. So, yeah, um, I tried to do a show last Tuesday and um, 
it was uh the, the guests had the time off the when trying to convert the uh the time zones can be tricky so that was off so we weren't able to do that but hey we're back two weeks two weeks in a weekend i don't know everything runs together had a blast though man had a, a good time of uh you know what i'm saying refreshing renewal get away get in nature get in the beach get some uh chlorine in my hair <laughs> so we had a blast spending time with family but we're back into the swing of things i've been right uh i've been writing a lot the last uh two three days since we've been back and just having so much revelation uh working on two books at the same time uh putting out this new ep that's coming out the, the first of july so uh so much stuff coming down the pipeline working with a bunch of people working on websites writing blogs bunch of stuff staying busy guys um can't go any further without saying a huge thank you to uh, everybody who is supporting my work via Patreon. Couldn't do this without your help. And so, yeah, thank you guys for enabling me to do this and to do it at the capacity that I do it in uh, on on a full-time basis to, to dedicate my life and my work to ministry and to helping people, to bringing forth these spiritual conscious conversations, everything that we do. Thank you guys for uh, partnering with me. Uh, if you'd like to partner, head on over to Patreon. You get rewards. There's different tiers and different levels of giving to uh, get access to my entire discography. 200 plus songs you get access to our thursday night school of the mystics sunday morning seer class all of that cool stuff our discord server private um facebook groups all kind of stuff so if you're interested in that looking to build community and you want to support at the same time patreon.com backslash true seeker y'all head over there and uh check out what all we have uh shout out to the latest patron that we have within the last two weeks here uh shout out to um Paula Fields. Thank you, Paula, for coming on. Uh, means the world that you believe in my work. And thank you for partnering with me. Also, Lisa Owa. Thank you as well. And uh, Julie Kehoe. You guys are awesome. So shout out to you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring my guest in. But first, I want to kind of preface this and kind of talk a little bit about how we met. So um, let's see. This goes back to 2013, I believe it was. So uh, modern day soldier, aka Matthew Schuler, was on tour on a tour called the Christ Consciousness Tour, and uh, he was coming through the South at the time. I think they were headed from Texas or somewhere, and they were headed uh, through the South through connections. I have a friend of mine named Dustin who was actually in the same hip hop group called Three Kings with uh, Matthew, uh, modern day soldier and uh andre aram so they were in the group together on tour passing through and uh you know we had connections so they hit me up and said hey we'd like to stop and meet we have a mutual friend and so we had kindred spirits there they stopped we we hung out they came over to the house um and it was crazy we got a lot of work in in that one day of just building in the spirit just on a friendship level as well but um it was the first time i've ever done this in the last time but we actually sat down, got a beat. We wrote a song, um, wrote our verses, and recorded them. Usually, I, I don't usually write them and then record them. But we wrote a song, recorded it, and then went and set up 
a set in my backyard and shot the music video for me a verse that i did i barely even knew the verse um so i'm trying my best to say the parts that i know for the music video and then half of the time i'm saying other words that don't fill in and so we just had to kind of edit and cut it just right so it looks like i knew all the words or whatever but it was for the song um fearless anthem for the new age so we did that music video we set up um um a water sprinkler that shot in the air that was coming down like rain and it was a really good video it was the best video that i did up, up to that date and so we, we put it out and we got a lot of traction on that and a lot of people responded uh and it was really cool but that was a lot of work to go into write the verse record it the video all in the same day so that was awesome man we built in the spirit and uh i'm, I'm excited to have this brother on my podcast to build we we've we've talked some over the years we've we've worked on projects together and all that kind of stuff but welcome to the podcast modern day soldier aka matthew Schuler. what's up brother welcome to the podcast what up brother thank you so much for having me such a blessing such an honor to be on your show man i've been watching you know i've been seeing all the moves you've been making so it's finally uh you know it's about it's a due time that we you know we make this connection for sure man it was funny because like we're trying to we're trying to book it and you're like man i don't know what to talk about man i don't know what i'm gonna talk about i ain't got no projects coming out i'm just you know i said dude just follow my lead man there's a lot of stuff that we can catch up on and uh and questions that i i have you know what i'm saying in, uh, anyway that was going to make for a good conversation Absolutely. Yeah. Because usually whenever I do an interview, it's always surrounding a, an album I got coming out, some type of project, something I'm doing. And uh, I, re I recently released a music video, but I was like, ah, we don't, you know, I don't want to surround the whole interview around that. So it actually worked out perfect that you're like, you know what, let's talk about the tour. You know, even though it was back in 2013, because we're actually, you know, um, we're going to release a documentary about it, you know, uh, about six years later. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's better late than never. So it's it worked out perfect that we're going to talk about this, you know, because that was a great day and a great meeting, a great session that we had with you, um, you know, because we were doing music all throughout the United States. And like I said, that particular stop in Alabama, man, when we did that song and that, that video, it was, it was definitely timeless. For sure, dude. It was awesome. It still is. Um so yeah, if people haven't seen that, make sure y'all go over there to it's on YouTube. Type in if you type in Truth Seeker and Modern Day Soldier, it's definitely gonna come up. Um but let's start. I, I want to go into the Christ consciousness thing a little bit more. We talk about the tour. There's a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you, even with that name. But just kind of give a background really quick about who you are, what you bring to the table for those who have never heard of you. Yeah, so I go by Modern Day Soldier. I'm a hip hop artist <clears throat> and I do um, you know, spiritual kind of conscious music. Um, I've been doing music since, man, 2000 and 2006 when I graduated high school. Um, independent artist. I've been a part of a few groups. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm still going at it. I, I got a couple albums on iTunes, YouTube, um, you know, Google Play, Spotify. And, uh, man, my music's just all about positivity, all about upliftment, all about, you know, consciousness, about, you know, oneself and and just about spreading love. You know what I'm saying? I never really got into the whole trend of the the music industry you know, I've always been about kind of critiquing myself and, and, and always like listening to my music to see how can I better it. But but a lot of times I get a lot of feedback from people that my music is is really unique and really original to um, to me as an artist. And like I said, I'm you know, I never really followed any trends. So I really have a specific sound, I guess you could say. And uh, modern day soldier, that's S-O-U-L. So I really you know, I really um, connect to the spirit, to the soul. You know, I'm all about. You know what I'm saying? The the spiritual side of the music and just, you know, talking about God, talking about, you know, non-denominational, um, you know, kind of type of religious 
uh, music and just talking about what I believe spiritually. You know, I always mention God. Tupac is one of my biggest influences. So I, I remember how Tupac would always speak to God in his music. You know what I'm saying? And I always thought that was really unique and he really inspired me. So I kind of do the same in, in my music, but with my own little twist on it. For sure, man. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that too. The whole, I mean, you actually put out an album uh, inspired by Tupac remixing a lot of his songs. What was the inspiration behind that? Just who who he was as an artist, as as a, a conscious, you know what I'm saying, individual, things like that, that kind of inspired you or what? Yeah, that was just, that was kind of like my my um, my tribute to him. So a lot of people, you know, I did get some, some backlash and people saying, oh, you're trying to be like Pac and, you know, this and that. So, but really that was my tribute to Pac, almost like to say thank you, you know what I'm saying, as being like the one inspiration of music because a lot of people say, hey, who inspired you? Who who do you who do you listen to? Or, you know, who's influenced your music? And back in the day, we used to listen to a lot of Bone Thugs. And I think you mentioned something like that. Um, that was one of the things we used to listen to. But Pac was the one artist that really just spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? I never really had any other, like, musical influences um, that really inspired me to, like, you know, to do music or just on a level. I used to be an athlete. So I remember I used to be listening to Pac, like, you know, during my training and warming up. And, you know what I'm saying? And he would, you know, he would inspire me in so many different ways, whether it was like, you know, physically and just to get me going or like yeah. on a mental level where he would like speak to me on, on so many different topics and subjects about, about life, about love, about going through the struggle. Cause growing up, I grew up in a town called uh, Bassett, California, La Puente, California for all my, uh, all my followers and, you know, all my people that I grew up with. And it was a really tough town. You know what I'm saying? My brother was a, was a gang, uh, a victim of gang violence. I had two other friends that were victims of gang violence and those were like my best friends. And I had another friend that died of drugs. So when I was growing up, it was really, really tough. And, you know what I'm saying? I know Pac really spoke about a couple of those things about, you know, how, you know, um, gang banging and all the different, you know, things that were going on in LA and, and just that kind of culture, you know, and, but he spoke to it on a positive side. It, you know, he spoke about the negative, but he also spoke about how, you know what I'm saying? It was really, um, you know, about the, about the love and, and just, you know, he gave the other, the other side of the coin when, when he was speaking on the music, it wasn't just all negative and all just gang banging and, and, and super, um, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't all about the crime and, and whatever. He always gave that positive twist to it. Right. So my music, I feel like it has that same thing. I I had an album called spiritual warfare, which you probably heard. And, um, and it I finally was talking about all the, you know what I'm saying? The drugs, the crime, the, you know, the, the sex, all the, the negative influence we have in our life. But then I turned it, um, you know, into, like I said, how it makes us who we are going through that struggle, going through all those different, um, all those different experiences. It really made me who I am. You know what I'm saying? So even with my brother, you know, it really, me as an artist, you know what I'm saying? Modern day soldier, once again, it, it's soldiers and S O U L, but the soldier, of you know of, of me as a person is me going through that me getting through that and me kind of learning and persevering you know what i'm saying because I, I like anybody right you go through a, a a big experience like that you have two choices right you could give up and and life ain't worth it or you could you know what i'm saying turn it into who you are as a person you know and t turn it internally and um and basically i've been honoring my brother's life ever since with my music so you know what i'm saying life is a war you know what i'm saying we all live our own battles and I really, I really hold true to that testament. So, like, that's what Modern Day Soldier is all about. And when I gave tribute to Tupac, you know what I'm saying, it was just a song. It was a remix of all his beats or, like, beats that I really liked of his. And and that was just my tribute to him, like a thank you, right? Like, thank you for kind of, like, inspiring me musically and, yeah. and just in life in general. Yeah, man. I mean, 
who was who that? Um, Boosie just did that as well. He put out a whole album called Bupak, compared himself to, to like, you know what I'm saying, the new Tupac, Lil Boosie. So he caught yeah. flight for that too. But um, it, it's interesting, man, to look at Pac and see how he was an inspiration to a lot of people, right? Um, and, and, and the fact that a lot of people say that, you know, Tupac was like, you know what I'm saying, bipolar. Because on one side, he's talking about gang violence and, you know what I'm saying, retaliation. I'm going to be the last one breathing. I'm going to kill off all my enemies and I'm the baddest one out here. And then the other stuff, he's got respect yourself, come together in love, peace, unity, harmony, take care of. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The streets take care of your mama. You know what I'm saying? All of this stuff. So it's like you have the conscious side of him or you have the stuff that, you know, you probably don't want your grandparents hearing you listen to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was really unique, and like I said, and, and I didn't obviously I didn't go and say, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go do drive-bys and, and do the some of the the, <laughs> the gangbanging stuff he's talking about. I really obviously connected more to the you know to the love and all, and all the the conscious stuff they were speaking about. But but obviously, growing up in that era, growing up in that neighborhood, you know what I'm saying, you had to have a tough side to you know. So so listening to his music really kind of like you know, and like I said, even and even athletically, it would pump me up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go and do the things he was saying, but just from a musical component, it had a lot of great energy. I loved his voice. Like, his voice is really powerful to me. Yeah. So when I hear artists today, like, it's hard for me to attach myself to certain artists if they don't have a very strong, powerful voice. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing when I do find a new artist, I'm saying, hey, man, I, I like this artist. And it typically has something to do with his voice, um, you know, obviously, and then what he's saying. But Tupac, I felt like he had it all. He had the voice. Um, you know what I'm saying? He had the lyricism. I really loved his lyrics, what he was saying. And then, um, musically, man, hit the beats, you know, working with Dre and all this, all the, just the sound sonically. I really loved the music. And, and then on top of that, he's, I felt like he spoke to me, like I said, growing up in the era that I grew up growing up, you know, in the neighborhood that I grew up and, you know, cause like I said, I did have to have a tough side to me. So even though I used to hang around with gang members and stuff like that, I never really, you know, I didn't end up being in the gang, but you know what I'm saying? You still had to be a tough, you know, you still had to have a tough side to you growing up where I grew up. So Tupac really, man, he, he did a lot for me, you know, and he was probably the one artist that did a lot for me. Cause I didn't listen to too many besides him, Bone Thugs and you know, a lot of oldies and, and stuff like that. So, 
So, but man, Tupac, yeah, I feel like he, you know what I'm saying? He had a, he had a little something for everybody, you know? And, and that was the, the cool thing about him is, you know, no matter what, what you're going through or kind of what, uh, what you're into, I feel like he had a little bit of kind of something for, for everybody. Yeah, man. It's crazy to listen to his music and to like, you you have a lot of people who like talk bad about it, especially from like from the Christian community. Yeah, oh, I can't listen to that. And for me, there's a lot of songs. That, yeah, obviously you don't want to listen to the retaliation songs and the shoot 'em up songs and stuff like that. But um, it's almost like he was like a psalmist, man. He was like when when you read the Psalms of David, and then you read Tupac's lyrics, "Help me, God, my enemies are coming for me. I need help." Like, and he's literally like you're saying, he's travailing. In the songs, asking God to help him, to protect him, to give him a way out. And then you read Psalms, David's like, my enemies are coming for me. They're on every side trying to kill me. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to make the right decisions. It's like, wow. You know, Tupac was like a, a, a psalmist, man, you know? No, yeah, he was real genuine. So with, you, with that being said, like, he was genuine and, and he was an artist, but he was a human. You know what I'm saying? And, like, his human side came out in his music. Like you said, whatever that's how you know what he was going through. And I think a lot of people respect him because when they hear his songs and when they hear the evolution of his music, it's like, man, you could see at one point he was literally fearing for his life or he was, he knew he was talking to God like, Hey man, like today's my last day. You know what I'm saying? Every, me against the world, all eyes on me. Um, you know, he knew his time was going to come. And that's why a lot of people say he was a prophet, this and that. But when he would speak to God, like in his lyrics, when you would hear him speaking to God, asking for favors or, you know, for whatever it was, it's like you you could hear he was going through it and he would put it in his music. He wasn't just fabricating all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say he did, you know what I'm saying? He was like an actor or whatever, because he was a smart he was a smart guy yeah. going on the East Coast. He he went to the Jubilee School of Music, oh, I yeah. think it was. And um, you know, so you know Great actor. He, yeah, actor, you mm -hmm. know, poet. And that's another thing. I used to when I started music, I started doing poetry. So like to learn he was a poet and to read his poems, like so I just connected with him on different levels and like i said he was genuine with his music you know he didn't hide who he was in his music he put his genuine feelings and like what he was going through his emotions and like i said his spirituality you know what i'm saying he never said he was christian catholic this and that he just was speaking on what he believed and like he obviously believed in a higher power and at that time i don't remember too many artists speaking speaking to god speaking about god and like so that opened me up even spiritually right like i was you know kind of bouncing around I, you know when you're yeah. younger you know you don't know what to believe in. You don't know. You just go by your instinct and your intuition. And I feel like he opened my eyes as far as, you know, you know, on a spiritual level as well. Yeah, there's something about it, man, to say, like, you know, I listen. I listen to a lot of Christian music, listen to a lot of gospel, whether it was gospel rap growing up or whatever. Um, but there's something different when you hear your favorite secular rapper put out a gospel song. I mean, now we mention his name, we'll get thrown under the bus, but. R. Kelly's gospel songs are amazing. He's got some, he's, his songs you listen to, it kind, they kind of make you want to cry. Talking about the power of prayer and talking about these different situations and scenarios where God steps in and saves you. And man, they're really powerful. DMX, Lord, give me a sign. Like that song, when that came out, it's like, wow. All the, even Bone Thugs and Harmonies talking about the crossroads and things like that. When your favorite secular artists put out these gospel songs, it's like, hold on. These dudes aren't in the Christian music industry. These guys can make whatever song they want. And they're really, um, you know what I'm saying? You can tell they really mean it. When 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 DMX is crying, Lord, give me a sign. You're like, hey, this man is really seeking after a sign. You know, you, it's it's uh, it's uh, genuine, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And when we grew up in a unique era, like, you know, I feel like you could still find some good artists and good music here in today's, you know, um, generation. But I feel like we grew up in such a unique era as far as musically, you know, even like me and my buddy would talk about it, like some of the, the cartoons we used to watch and like just the golden era itself was like so such a unique era without the social media, without the phones, like, you know, and, and funny because my, my music video I just released is called Back in the Day. So I try to portray how we grew up, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Doing little things from like ding dong ditching and a lot of skating and we used to break dance and, um, you know, and just like little things that we used to do as kids to like really kind of, you know, enjoy the time and pass the time, you know, without all the, the, the digital technology yeah, that we man. have today, it was crazy. We had, you, you had to walk down the, you know, down the street and knock on your friend's door to even, you know, see if he was home, you know, you had to, you know, you could call. But I remember my buddy having a rotary phone where you had to do the, you know, it was his grandma's house and his grandma's phone, but you had to do the dial where you had to, you know, dial the buttons. And Hello, operator. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, it was a really unique time. And, and you know, and, and like I said, I feel like musically we were blessed to really like grow up with some of these artists, you know, and a lot of these artists are making their comebacks. They're doing their tours now. Like both of is still touring. They have you know? to. Yeah. Their music's right. changed, bro. They can't just sit up in the mansion anymore. Like they have to get out there and, and you know what I'm saying, tour and sell merch and, and, and you know what I'm saying, get the money that way because they can't just, you know what I'm saying, rely on an album sale. Nobody really even buys albums. They'll find the best two or three songs off the album, buy them, and that's it, you know? And so they have to get out there and tour like some of the big acts, which is it's kind of cool in a sense because now we get to meet them now we get to go to a hole in the wall club and meet our favorite artists because they have to get out and tour right they're not just doing these huge arenas anymore even though they're 50 years old i went i when i went to go see both thugs i was kind of tripping out because i was like man like like you said I, I knew they had to do it because i was like these guys are older like you could tell they're a little older now and, and <laughs> they don't they want to be here now <laughs> yeah but they're out there with their sunglasses they're doing their thing and you know and i was like man i was like how like you said, how much is it a necessity versus like we want to be doing this on stage, like touring, going to different yeah. cities, and yeah. you know. But either way, it gave me that was the first time I seen them, and I said I was so grateful to see them, you know, because like I said growing up listening to their music, you know, it's it's great when you get to see one of your favorite artists, you know, those that you grew up on. Shoot, and then the internet as well, though. Like I've been able to talk to a lot of my favorite artists over the years. Like I actually interviewed Busy Bone, right? He's my like, he's yeah. him. I may put him on a pedestal above Tupac. Like, honestly, like I'm, I'm diehard, crazy, busy Tupac. Those are my three. Um, but I had, I had the chance to talk to him for a two hour interview because of the internet, because of technology. So many other people, your worship leaders and people that when I was younger, I looked up to and they were just like on this pedestal that seemed unreachable. But now you slide in their DMS, you hit them up with, with a, a message on Instagram. Hey, would you like to be on my podcast? Sure. Let's make it happen. What? My favorite artist just replied and said, sure, let's make it happen. It's insane, man, you know, and to, to, to do collabs with them and things like that. And um, it's just it, it's and life is funny like that, too. You know, looking at myself, you know, what I'm saying 20 years ago as a little kid riding the bus, drawing the images on the back of the Bone Thugs album, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm, you know, 20 years later, whatever, I'm talking to my favorite. I'm talking to the dude, you know, it's just insane, man. Yeah, Busy was always one of the favorites. I think I've seen that interview or that that uh yeah, the interview did with them. I think it was a it was a audio interview, right? Yeah. Like a yeah. So yeah, no, I definitely listened to that cuz once I found out you were doing that or I think I I, I didn't listen to it live, but I found out about mm -hmm. it after. I want to go listen to that too because like I said Busy, he was one of the probably the more popular, 
you know, of all the bone thugs because he had that that high pitched voice and you know he could have that little melody. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, was the harmony. He's crazy, man. So, yeah. Yeah, no, but that's that's definitely a blessing, man. And it's honestly great to see you be doing that too, because like I said, that and that's the thing about technology, right? It's like the gift and the curse. You know, you could get sucked in, or you could use it for its potential and and what it's you know like the value of it. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. Like, th- I mean, there's a lot of people who are following my work because I networked with Busy Bone to set up the interview, and they're you know they were Busy Bone fans. They found the interview they loved it they loved it whether it's just from like an intellectual spiritual side or even then they've got a chance to hear my music and they're like wow you're inspired by busy bone and bone thugs and now now they're fans right because of you know networking like that in the same way with us you know we kind of cross pollinate and things like that and i remember you know I, you know what i'm saying people still drop your name in, in our discord and our community and stuff and, and asking me to get you on the podcast and hear your story and stuff like that so yeah then that was back in 2013 we did that song you know so it's just it shows you just the power of the internet and cross promo and networking man yeah absolutely man that's that's a that's a blessing and like you said you know that day when we when we got to meet you and uh, do that song with you, it was that whole tour was so crazy. You know, we went around the U.S. I think that was the second year that we did it. And, um, you know, but to go to state to state in a car and a Honda, you know, driving and, and stopping in, in different states and doing, you know, meeting up with people that we had musical connections with family, friends of family um, and just networking and, and doing music like on the road, like. It was, it was like a two, it was almost like, I think a whole month, month and a half. Um, it was, that was a real enlightening experience. And, you sure. know, so to have you a part of that, like I said, that's always going to be, you know what I'm saying? That's something I'm never going to forget. I'm always going to have with me, you know? And like you said, it was almost like meant to be, you know, I figure like we all took our, our past since then we've all been doing our own thing, but definitely that was a portion in our, in our lives that we could always like retract to and go back to and, and like I said, just part of the history, right? We're writing our own books of life, and it, that's like one chapter, that's one one page, and and you know, and that's something that we could always look back to and 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 learn from and build from, you know. So I feel like, you know, that was definitely a moment in time that that I'll never forget, and and um, you know, and and then obviously we have the music video, so always go back proof. to, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, man, it's proof that we did it. Um, well, let me ask you about that too. Let's let's get into the more spiritual side just a little bit deeper. I mean, even just the term, the Christ Consciousness Tour, um, where did that name come from and why did y'all pick that for the name of the tour? Man, Christ Consciousness, you know, you know, with my brother Andre and Ron, we really, we set out to do, you know, to do something where we wanted to go on the road and kind of just, and, and just get out of the matrix, right? We kind of want to get out of the day-to-day things that we were doing, um, you know, and the Christ Consciousness, basically, we he kind of coined the idea and coined the term. Um, you know, but basically what it was is we wanted to, um, show like a non-denominational, a non-denominational way of, you know, spirituality or people that believe we wanted to connect everybody who was a believer. So like Christ, you know, the term for, you know, another word for God, because at the time when we, when you said Christ, you would think Christianity, right? But Christ, you know, was the term for like the Christ, right? Whether it was, you know, like for like basically a high, like God and the higher power, the Christ. So, you know, Christ consciousness was like a consciousness of the Christ, right? Whether whatever you believe, right? You could have been Muslim, you could have been Christian, Catholic, um, Buddhist, Muslim, you know. So we really just wanted to connect with 
you know, a lot of different people on the religious side, spiritual side, more, more so yeah. we wanted to kind of, you know, we, we were literally going on the road and teaching people. We had like some, you know, kind of heated discussions with people who were like pure Christians. Right. And it's Jesus all the way, Jesus, this and that. And we knew Jesus was a powerful figure in history and the Bible and many other religious texts. But at the same time, we knew, um, you know, at the same time, Jesus himself promoted love across all nations and, and across, you know, everyone he met. So he never promoted Christianity in a sense. So Christ consciousness was basically to kind of, you know, bring about that knowledge of self, right? First of all, knowledge of self, because we know, you know, all, everything is comes from within. So, um, and then also to kind of spread that love across all different, you know, religions, um, spiritualities, and just like I say, Christ being the, the, the center, right? Because Christ not meaning Jesus, but Christ meaning like the Christ, like God, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever you believe non-denominational it didn't matter what you were we felt like we were able to connect with you on a spiritual level just based on um you know you know god itself right and so we were trying to you know connect all the dots and you know but we were just spreading love like jesus would have done like when he was roaming the roaming the earth and he everyone he met he was healing he was with the sick the blind the you know the prostitutes and you know we we didn't as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And we didn't judge nobody. We didn't have no no judgment, no pre-belief. We just went out there and connected with different people and letting them know that, like I said, hey, love is the way, right? Kind of yeah. like Jesus taught it, you know. And um, but yeah, Christ conscious in a sense was just a non-denominational way for us to, you know, to go and, and kind of connect with different religions and different, you know, different people that had different beliefs, you know, and try to kind of bring them all together through through love and like you know through our self Christ yeah. consciousness. So that's, that's what it kind of was, you know, he coined the term, but we just went with it. We felt like it had such a ring to it and such a power to it, you know? So yeah. everybody who, everybody who we met that we said, oh yeah, you know, the Christ consciousness store, everyone had a, 
like kind of like um like raise the eyebrow like oh what's that you know so when they out about that question that's what gave us the lead, the segue to be like this is what we this is what we're promoting this is what you know we believe in they'll start the conversation so we had a lot of beautiful conversations with people all across the US and um and we had a lot of um we had a lot of people that we met that were you know had a lot of um you know a lot of spiritual power like we met with um people from um like we met with monks we met with you know people that were christian and you know but christ consciousness that all was was consciousness of the christ or yourself and just kind of just like i said you know knowing that that's like the source right yeah it's interesting man um i'm trying to wait in here something's going on with the connection i'm trying to make sure we're still connected this is insane okay there we are um yeah that's a that's a big thing when we're talking about christ consciousness and and what is that uh and is it jesus and so people want to you know if if we mention that or if we're talking about jesus they're like i'll get messages in the stream they'll say okay are you talking about jesus or the christ and so to me it's the same thing like christ jesus uh you know he 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 is the christ there's a lot of different belief systems out there i don't know how much you've studied it and i know dustin has got into some of it because i think we discussed this a little bit about someone becoming a christ or he kind of fit the role to become the Christ and things like that. Like Jesus eventually, he wasn't predestined to be the Christ, but he became it, you know, things like that. There's a lot of different analogies and and, uh, understandings when it comes to that uh, philosophical belief. But to move past the term Christ, because that's broad, Jesus kind of narrows it down a little bit more. For you, what is your experience with Jesus? Like, have you, do you come from a religious background? Do you, uh, pray in the name of Jesus? Like, what is your encounter or have you even encountered the person we call Jesus versus even the, the Christ term? Yeah. So my background is, is kind of, kind of odd or unique. So my dad, he's a, he was raised Jewish and, um, and then he, you know, he came out, he was from New York. So he came out here to the, to California, met my mom and my mom, I don't know if she was Christian, she, you know, how she was raised, but she was more like of a Christian Catholic background. And um, so I was never really like baptized, you know, so um, I just kind of was raised and kind of like was, you know, raised to, you know, on my own to kind of figure myself out. I wasn't raised. I didn't have a bar mitzvah. You know, I wasn't baptized and, you know, Christian. So I was kind of, you know, figuring my own way out, figuring my own self out, kind of just like said, oh, kind of looking within, finding my, you know, my what my intuition kind of feels. But I, I noticed that I've always. You know, I've always knew, like, even from a young age, I always knew that there was something more. Like, I remember um, I remember we had a homework assignment probably, like, back to, like, third grade type of thing. And um, and they were kind of, like, um, asking you, what do you, you know, do what do you believe in? Do you believe in, like, reincarnation or, like, do you believe in, you know, like, different things like that? And I remember I stuck to reincarnation at the time as a kid only because as a kid I couldn't comprehend that you die. And all you see is black. That's why I remember like a simple thought of as a kid, like there's no way you die and that's it. Like I don't, you don't just go to the blackness. I always felt like there's something more. So even as a kid, as that child intuition, I always knew there's something more to life. You know what I'm saying? There's something more to this universe. And now growing up, I'm just so in tune with like nature. Um, You know, I really love like, like simple things like the trees, the flowers, you know, the, the, the aquatic life, you know, and, and, and I just, when I look around, when I think, I just know that there's so much more to life, right? Because everything is so in tune with each other. Um, everything is so, works together and it's so perfectly, right? That I'm like, this cannot happen by accident, right? Like, 
this whole life, this whole universe, this whole world, like us as humans, right? All our body parts, our organs, like, you know, people talk about evolution, this and that. Ultimately, I know there's, you know, it's too perfect to be by accident, by chance, right? So that's kind of always been my thing. And, um, but re like a couple years ago, I was actually, uh, me and a couple of friends, we got baptized, um, you know, in, uh, by a Christian, uh, you know, in a Christian church. So they did baptize me. I forgot this one might've been like around the time that I did the tour. I think this is probably around 2013. Um, so, you know, and I do pray, like I, you know, I try to pray as much as I can, um, you know, but when I eat or like, you know, when my, when me and my girlfriend, we pray, um, before dinner time and stuff like that. So, but once again, I never, you know, I do believe in Jesus. You know, I, I know that Jesus is the way, the light, you know what I'm saying, the Savior. Um, but I'm just not so much religious, right? So I don't like, I don't like religion is for the sake that I don't like to condemn other people for what they believe or what they don't believe. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but, um, but I know across all religious texts that Jesus is, is, a, is a, you know, a main figure and a main, you know, mainstay in a lot of uh, spiritual and, and powerful books. So, like, speaking about the Christ, like you mentioned, I know, like, for example, they um, in the Krishna temple, which we also visited the Krishna temple when we we're on the tour, they believe in, in Buddha as the Christ, right? So, or Krishna, right? So, we have all these different Christ, Krishna, Buddha, D Jesus, but it's like, you know, at the same time, we felt like everything is, is all these religious texts and all these different religions, We they have, like, the same story or the same it's like a different, it's like a different story or like a different, um, how do you say it? Like a different, like, a, you know, like the same story, but like a different flavor, right. Or a different yeah, time, a different, yeah, like a different narrative life. or something. Yeah. So, but yeah, me personally, I, I do believe in Jesus. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I, I was baptized Christian, you know, as recently, but I don't hone the Christianity and say, Oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Like mm -hmm. I'll say, I'm a, you know, I was baptized as a Christian. But it, it just, you know, for me, I'm, I'm one of those, I guess I, I'm like in between, right? Where I, I know there's a God, like I, you know, I pray to God, I pray, I pray in Jesus name. Um, but I feel like everyone has their own truth. Right. And I just know there's, to, for me, I know there's more to, more to life. And even when, like my main thing was when my brother died, I know that's like a big thing in my story, you know what I'm saying? And I had to like, I had to really believe that, you know what I'm saying? My brother's not gone from my life. I really had to believe that my brother is still with me spiritually, you know what I'm saying? Where I'm going to honor him. And where I'm going to meet him again. So, for example, like, you know, I've been dreaming a lot lately. So, um, you know, and, and I'll see him in a dream every now and then. I'll see other friends that have passed away in my dreams. And, and like, for me, like I said, I, that's always, you know, re, uh, like an affirmation that I'm going to see him one, you know, again, that they're in a better place, that they're in the spiritual realm, that they're in another, you know, they're, you know, that they're good. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and that, that was like my main thing. So when he passed, I was like, I'm going to see him again. And that's always been keeping me kind of going. Right. So, um, and that's kind of like that in a, you know, in a, in a lot of words and that's kind of more or less what I believe, but I do believe in Jesus, but I don't, I don't shun anybody else that doesn't or that believes in any other, any other type of religion type of belief. So I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever people believe is not good, not bad, but like one day we're all going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I get what you're saying, man. Uh, I have a lot of people on here who believe that. And I think a part of me, um, whether if I believe that, I definitely cater to that. You know what I'm saying? I cater to those people who are just done with religion, who are just been shunned from the church because they're different, because they're this. And, and a lot of them still, like you say, pray to Jesus. A lot of them still um, have that core belief or foundation even in Christ. They started there, but they don't finish there just because 
of religion. It's nasty. It's dirty. It separates it. It's, uh, you know, it's doctrines and religions of, of, of men that exalt themselves over God and Christ's commandments, you know, the simplicity of love. And so that if you're keeping that commandment, love, you're fulfilling the whole law. And that, that is the true, the, the true religion, man. It's to, just to walk in love towards everyone. So I think you got it figured out when it comes to that, you know? Cause that's the thing, right? Jesus, when you, when you study Jesus or when you learn about Jesus in the Bible, um, you know, he, he basically was, he was love, right? He showed love. Um, and, and like you said, it's almost like just being a good person, right? It's like, you know, and non-judgmental, like being non-judgmental, you know, showing love to those like your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor, honor your father. Like, um, but Jesus, like I said, he, he, he was like, he was the way, right? The way, the light, he was the example, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like, you know, he provided, like I said, the example of how we should live, a, um, you know, kind of humble and, a, and a, you know, a, a life of, like I said, love. And, and, and that's like the way, right? So he didn't say like, okay, you have to be part of this religion or you have to be part of this church or yeah. you have to believe that he just showed by his actions. You know what I'm saying? So me, like, I try to walk those steps. Obviously, we're not perfect, right? So I, I make mistakes or my mind goes here and there, which I need to correct myself. Um, but, but I do try to live by the, you know, the truth and the, you know, the Christ, right. And, and Jesus himself try to lead, lead by his example, yeah. you know, as, as I can. Yeah, man. Um, you know, for the, for the early believers and early mystics and, and, and even people from other, you know, I, I wouldn't call them religions, but from other spiritual paths, they claim to be followers of something that they called the way. Right. I'm a follower of the way. And and I knew there's like a reformation of Christians who they would not even call themselves Christians. They say, well, you know, what religion are you? I'm a follower of the way. And so they're kind of bringing that back out. And uh, and there's a lot of people who when you when you break down some of the, the text, they, they believe that Jesus was saying not that I am the way, but I am a follower of the way. Like I am of the way as well. You know, this path of love, this path of righteousness. So there's a lot of different opinions and stuff when it comes to that. But again, love conquers all your religion is nothing it's apostle paul says it's, it's dung it's you know what i'm saying filthy rags if you're not walking in love i mean that's what it's about it's about love and so if you if you miss that you've missed it all right and um just just to think about jesus like who he was he was love manifested into a person like if god's love became a person and dwelt among men that's christ you know that's jesus and so that's what we're supposed to be that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to love and forgive and all that and that's supernatural too like that's just not it's not it should be common sense but it's not right it kind of goes above and beyond to help people and um and even you know i kind of think that in in the scriptures man like those people were like a a more primitive people like they had to be told not to kill somebody right hey don't kill anyone and we know because the bible says that the law is written upon our hearts now that he was he's written his, his law now if we steal something we know we got to look around make sure no one sees us and steal it back then they just took stuff like there wasn't no thing so they had to have it written in law and shown to them on paper hey do not steal oh wow so now this the newness in christ and the new covenant like he's written his law upon our hearts so we know when we're sinning against god we know when we're lying stealing cheating lusting over another man's wife or whatever this stuff is written upon our hearts absolutely and it's funny you mentioned that too and when you're doing when you're doing the when you're serving others and when you're when you're loving others and and you know what i'm saying then you feel the power behind that so that's what i really experienced too is when i'm doing the right thing I feel such a power behind it. 
I feel like things work, you know what I'm saying? The universe almost works for you, right? Everything kind of comes together and works perfectly when you're trying to do the right thing, right? When you're, yeah. you're walking in love, when you're when you're being righteous, when you're serving others, right? When you're not for yourself, but you're kind of doing for others that Jesus would have, right? When you, you know, you think about your fellow man, your neighbor, love thy neighbor. Yeah. I feel like the doors open up so much. And it's like, I just feel like the power behind it. I feel like you, you feel it in yourself that like, hey, man, this is, this is the way, right? That's, that's how I sometimes feel when I'm, when I'm trying to, you know, um, trying to honor Jesus and trying to like kind of live by those standards. And like you said, not only do you feel when you're, when your mind's, you know, thinking about this going this way, or, or if you do judge somebody not even thinking about it, you feel bad about it. Right. Or at least me, I feel like I feel bad and then I got to like correct myself. And then on, on the other side, like you said, when you're doing the right thing, it just, I feel like so much, you feel so much of the power of, you know what I'm saying, of, of God and Jesus. And at the same time, things start opening up for you, right? So when you're doing the right thing, like they say, the universe kind of works for you, right? Doors open, yeah. um, you know, and that's kind of what's been going on with me when I'm, you know, in my life, just just little things, like little demons that I have to conquer, like little battles at the fight, you know, as much as I'm like, oh, like I kind of want to be a, be a you know, normal human being and just do what I want to do, right? But I notice when, when I do strive for better, when I strive to... Uh, you know, to, to be who I think I should be, I noticed that doors and pathways start opening up and it's kind of a reminder, like, hey, you're right, you're on the right path, you're doing the right thing. And like you said, and then you also feel that power when you are helping others, you know what I'm saying? So I love to help others any way I can. And I feel like you do feel a sense of power and a sense of love, a sense of relief and a sense of joy. You know, like they say, you do for others, but really it, it gives oh, yeah. you so much, right? Yeah. For sure, man. You know, we do a lot of, you know, prayer and spiritual healing and things like that. And um, just whenever we're, we're in that, I'm, I'm getting ministered to just as much because I'm like in the flow of that energy and praying and I know I'm doing the right thing. And, you know, whether we're leading somebody to Christ or baptizing someone, like I feel like there's like an, like an eternal value that we're doing something that has an eternal weight to it that's going to last on the other side. Like like you're really helping people. And so there's like a this sense of gratitude that you get from, from doing that, that there's nothing like it. And you know that, hey, this has. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply weight to it when you when you're helping someone when you're going above and beyond and then you live a lifestyle of that right 
you live a lifestyle of just laying yourself down for your brothers and sisters and to, to help people and nurture them and speak you know what I'm saying? The best you you be able to see the best in those people and speak it out and help cultivate that believe in people even when they don't believe in themselves. And so this this whole spirituality it, it, it it's in Christianity. It's in all the religions. It's it it transcends religion. It's it's really about walking in the spirit of love. And so whoever learns how to do that to whatever capacity man is uh it's it's very attractive to to anyone and the bible says that love covers a multitude of sins you know and against love there is no records of wrong so whatever you do out of love is always right man you know what a, a funny thing is a, a a great example i hear is uh in la there's a lot of homeless there's man the homelessness has been it's been so much like expanding and there's so many more people on the streets now. And with me personally, like, so one of my things is when I see somebody on the streets, I have so much compassion for them. Right. Like, but at the same time, there's always that thought, like, cause then, you know, people think differently. Right. So I know there's always that thought, like all oh, these people need to get a job. Right. Or these people like they're just beggars. Right. And they, <laughs> yeah. they're not doing for themselves. They just want to like leech off other people and, and, you know, and some are like, you know, and then there's always the theory that these people actually are just doing it because they make a good living off of it, right? When they could be doing others. So like, but whenever I'm at the corner of a freeway exit or, you know, if I'm going to the store and I, I hear people that they're asking me for change or whatnot, and usually I don't carry cash, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. I just always feel that need, like yeah. I need to help this person. I need to do something for them. Even if it's just like a simple, like, hey man, like, you know, I, I you know, I'll either offer them to buy something to eat. So that's funny because out here it's crazy. So you'll see a homeless or a gentleman asking you for, for money and you'll say, hey, uh, you know, if you're hungry, I'll buy you some meat. And they'll literally insist, like, I need the cash, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I get it about the same. I'm like, hey, man, I don't have cash, but I'll buy you something to yeah. eat, you know. But, yeah. but like, obviously, they either they some of them might want the, to, the, the money for the drugs, alcohol, whatever they need to to kind of like for their addictions and stuff. Yeah. And um, and I try, like I said, I don't judge, but at the same time, I always have this calling and need, like I need to help this person. I need to be compassionate with this person, you know, or I need to even like a simple acknowledging them, right? So a lot of times people won't even look at them and won't even acknowledge them. I'll at least try to acknowledge them and say, hey, like, you know, you know, peace and love and like, you know, God bless you. And like, you know, at least give them that acknowledgement that they're a person, they're a human being, you know, like that's like the least I could do. You know, because a lot of times they're either completely ignored and shunned and, you know, and some people even like said judge them as far as like, you know, they need to get a job and this and that. So there's both sides to it. But that's the one thing I hear that I deal with almost like every day, like seeing these people have such a big compassion, you know, for them and to help them. And, you know, I do my best, you know, to give back. If I ever have change and I'm at the freeway, I'll, you know, whatever changes in my car, I'll, you know, I'll try to give. And, you know, that's like one of my things personally. Yeah, um, there was a comedian some time ago. They put like it was like a song that was done to a comedian's voiceover, or whatever. And there was a part it was like uh, talking about the homeless in the city. It was like you know I see the I see those homeless people out there, and you know I think twice. You know what I'm saying should should I give them some money? Should I help them out? And I'm like you know what. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help them. He's like people are judging them. You know, if I if I give them money, what are they gonna do? Take the money and buy alcohol with it? He's like yeah. It's the same thing I'm going to do with the money. <laughs> I'm going to take the money and buy alcohol. It's like, what you want to do, buy, you know what I'm saying, have them buy a rug and save up and all this kind of stuff. But it's interesting, though, man, because like, I just seen the thing on, on on Facebook, an article. You don't know how real it is. I mean, most of the stuff we see on there is fake and fabricated, clickbait stuff. But it was a guy on the, um, on the corner at a uh, car lot, and he was just panhandling, asking for money. And it said that the... Um, 
the owner came out there and offered him a job, $10 an hour cleaning cars and doing stuff. And the guy turned it down. He said, the guy turned it down and said, I make more money than all of you guys here put together. And it's true, man. I mean, how, how, I mean, they, they make money, bro. Like they really do. I remember yeah. we went to New Orleans just for the day. My wife had a, uh, we was dating at the time and she was going to go to be a delivery driver for, um, uh, Domino's, and she she had this this orientation that took like two hours. But we, me and a, a friend of mine, went with her to New Orleans, and we just had to hang out and wait. And we was in front of a we was at the Domino's, so we went to the corner in New Orleans, and we we're just asking for money. We we're saying we need the money to ride the the bus because we was at a a little bus stop, right? It was like, hey, can we? Every time the light would turn red, we'd ask people. There's this young dude. dude. We made like $14 in an hour. We went over there and got a pizza. We sit there, ask for money for an hour. We get 30 cents. We, I mean, 60 cents, 75 cents, a dollar, two dollars, whatever. People are handing us. And so every time that light turned red with that traffic, we got a whole new fresh batch of people. And, uh, and you know, and I'm, we were only asking for just a few cents to ride the bus. And uh, we ended up getting like 14 bucks, man. Went and bought a pizza. So you got to think, man, people who are good at it, people who are getting $10, $5, $1 each time, man, they're making money. It's crazy. Um, they've followed a lot of people who who do that stuff and who make good money. And they park a nice car down the street and then they walk to their corner and all that. They do that junk for a living. It's crazy, man. Back in the, you know, back in the biblical times, you had to be like, you had to get like a permit to do that. Like the people who were begging in the streets, they were actually they were actually given a a a permit to beg, and they would wear a certain uh, sash or a certain something on their clothes to let them know that the government said, yeah, this guy is, you know, sick or this guy is he can't work, so he can beg. You know what I'm saying? And so they had to be ordained to do that or whatever you want to call it. An epidemic out here you know but at the same time like you know that's just one thing i always catch in my my mind and my heart like you know where it brings out the compassion of me right like we we're talking about just yeah. just knowing how to help your, you got to help your fellow your fellow man you know yeah man and it, it'll get you you got to be careful though like you have yeah. to you have to like have that discernment like is this guy tricking me is there a car parked down the road but because and i say you have to do that just because you can't help everybody with that heart of yeah. compassion you want to you want to help everybody and i've seen people do that like I've seen um, people just because they have that heart of compassion, they're driving and they see a homeless dude or a hitchhiker, they'll stop and pick them up and they'll drive an hour and and take the person out of their way and give them all the money in their pocket and they'll keep doing it. Like I've seen, and it's not all, like it's a nice gesture. It's not always wisdom just to pick up random hitchhikers, but I've also seen people like take them into their home like homeless couples with around their kids and like just random people they don't know they let them live there for like a couple weeks or something until they refuse to get a job or because they you know they might try to lie to you and say yeah i'm trying to get on my feet so hey you're trying to get on your feet let me help you come stay with us you know you can shower and you have a wife or whatever i've seen some really weird situations with homeless ministry which we've done and going out to tent cities and stuff down here where they like um they have like forest <laughs> fort fortresses in the forest they collect wood they walk the streets and collect old pallets and two by fours and they build these immaculate like tents and it's insane to go back to some of that stuff man it's like in the middle of nowhere you wouldn't know that it exists but way in the woods there's like a little town it's called tent city and there's usually one in every big city um I rem remember when we were doing a homeless ministry i wasn't 
with them when they did this, but they had a they were feeding the homeless and they still had a bunch of extra food left over that we needed to get rid of. Maybe it was for an event and we had to get rid of it. So buddy and I went to the store, seen the homeless guy and said, um, hey, we're trying to get rid of this food. Where, you know, where do all the homeless people hang out? He said, oh, follow me. It's in Tent City. So it was like nighttime. It was like pitch black and they're going through the woods and they're following this dude through the woods and they can't even see their hands in front of them. But they, but the dude knew the path and he went back there and it's just like people everywhere, man. And just like sitting up and they got dogs and animals and it's like, man, there's a city in the woods and they let us in and we need to go back there and preach and, 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 you know, bring them food. And, and we started doing that. And that was interesting, man. Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely interesting. And like you said, you just gotta, you know, you do gotta be careful and, you know, cause they do take, some of them do take advantage of the compassion. They know yeah. there's people out there that are compassionate, right? So that's who they're kind of. You gotta make eye contact with you. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. You can't make eye contact with them. Once you make eye contact, you gotta come off with a few dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know? I know there's like a meme like that, right? Yeah. Like when, when they notice you make eye contact, you gotta kind of, or when they, when they notice you reading their sign, right? Cause yeah. they got their sign. And once yeah. they see it, sign they're like yeah push it to the side <laughs> look at you yeah. but um let's talk a little bit about spiritual warfare man uh be, you, i mean you named an album that spiritual warfare um and, and i know you kind of explained it a little bit just about the trials and tribulations and the things that we go through in in, in the soul and our own inner inner you know what i'm saying demons and battles and stuff like that but as far as like a, a spiritual warfare where like and we talk about demons and that could be, you know, metaphors that could be obstacles and hurdles, or it could be literal, like literal demons that you fight and people have had really crazy encounters and feel like they've been possessed by demons that they engage in spiritual warfare with these demons from the family, you know what I'm saying? Lineage, generational curses. I mean, there's all types of demons or understanding of what that is. Um, what, what does it cross into spirituality for you? Like, have you, do you engage in like spiritual warfare as far as praying against things or trying to cast things out or off of you feeling heavinesses and you just pray through it? Or what, what does that mean for you when, when we talk about spiritual warfare in, in, in literally in like a spiritual sense? Yeah, for, for me, the album was more like a metaphorical, you know, warfare um, and more just about I wanted to speak about the duality, right? Because my, my music has always been about love, positivity. You know, my latest album is called Be Blessed. And, um, you know, what I'm saying and I've always spoke about, you know, like I said, that topic of, you know, what I'm saying? I never really ever wanted to speak about the negativity or speak about, you know, what I'm saying the bad things of life. I've always every time I hear a beat, that's all I that's all I think. And that's all I want to do is really rap about teaching somebody how to uplift them, how to get through it, get over the, you know what I'm saying? Get over the hump, um, to keep going, to keep fighting, keep moving. Um, but spiritual warfare was, a, you know, for me, it was a metaphorical album about, um, you know what I'm saying? Dealing with all the, you know, the battles of, of life, you know, and for me, like I said, the main, uh, the main part of it was me dealing with the, you know what I'm saying? The, the thoughts in my mind about like my brother. Right. So, but, um, so that was like my, like for me, it was more metaphoric. I have heard about all the, you know what I'm saying? My girlfriend, she's really into like the ghost stories and people that are, you know, living haunted houses and, and they, they get kind of, they're dealing with the demons and, and, you know, the different spiritual entities that are, you know, either protecting the house or haunting their personal being. But, um, you know, for me, the album itself was more of a kind of like how, you know, me having to get over the hump of dealing with the loss of my brother, you know what I'm saying? Cause I've dealt with the loss of a lot of people and friends and family, but when, for whatever reason, my brother was like, it really hit home with me. 
And that was one I just couldn't fathom and I couldn't, I would have never, never would have thought of it. And, and it really hit me deep. And it was like, that was so me just dealing with the inner turmoil yeah. of the loss, you know what I'm saying? So that was like me battling my spirit, right? Like at that point, in my life, I'm over here questioning, like, is God even real? Like, would God allow someone to murder my brother? You know what I'm saying? And take that from my family. Like, for me to watch my mother from the corner to come to my door and for my mother to be cre- screaming and crying, like, I could not fathom. It's like, why why me, right? This this is like when I was dealing with that battle of why me? Like, why would God do this? Like, you know, because I was, I was a you know a believer at the time and I was really, you know, spiritual and, and I used to have all the same beliefs so but when that happened it almost questioned my belief right like like you know is, is God real if he is why would he let this happen to me um and I really had to battle with myself and look internally and like I said and come with the belief of like I said like everything see then I came out on the other side so I went through my own internal like turmoil inside and I came out on the other side as far as you know what everything's meant to be as far as sad as that is to say, right. Things are meant to be, everything happens for a reason. I had to tell myself, you know what I'm like, I know not, uh, you know, how everything works and for whatever reason, um, you know what I'm saying? This was, this was meant to make me who I am. So as sad as that was and as dark as that was, and it put me in a dark place. Cause I was even to the point where I, I put it this way. I knew the dude that did it to my brother. Like I grew up in the community. I used to hang around with the gang members. I knew the people from the gang. You know, so did my brother. Um, so when it happened, you know, I got word of who it was. And, you know, and he was not too far from where I was at. So I was already having visions of, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm going to call my homeboys that carry guns and, you know what I'm saying, are willing to ride for me, you know, because I was getting calls too. Hey, Matt, hey, Maddie, you know what I'm saying? Let me know when you're ready, you, gotta, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm a good person and stuff, so I don't necessarily think of, but I was having those thoughts like, okay, I got to go get revenge, right? I got to go eye for eye, right? you know, a tooth for a tooth. Like I got to go and, and, and honor my brother this way. Right. So I was already going to honor him by taking revenge. But like I said, then I came on the other side. He said, you know what? I'm going to honor him through other ways, right. Through my music, through, you know, through how I live my life. You know, I was going to school at the time. I was like, I just graduated high school. I was going to the community college. So I said, you know what? I'm honor my brother by completing my degree. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to finish my degree. I'm not going to drop out of school. I'm actually going to go get my degree. Um, and I'm going to continue to, you know what I'm saying, make my music and, and kind of make them proud, right? So so spiritual warfare was was really about kind of more or less around about that situation. and But I try to relate it to others, right? So, yeah. so songs on there. Um, I have songs, Fight of My Life. Um, you know, I have a lot of different songs that are – like the cool thing about the album is it starts very dark. Like the first five songs is like a 10, 12-song album. So the first five songs are very dark, but the last five songs – As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sir, start to be more positive. And the last song is like, I seen the light. So the intro is like a very, like, like a war, like a battle, like a battle cry, like a battle war, um, almost like you're about to watch a scary movie. And then, um, and then the end's like a very peaceful kind of like, um, like a operatic, like you're in heaven, like a very just peaceful symphony. So it's a very unique album. And I, I wanted to put it together as something that resembled me as an artist, right? Cause modern day soldier, once again, the soldier, right. And then just talk about the, the warfare, the battles of life. And I, you know, I took that in personally and just from that space that I was going through that battle, that internal warfare that I went through. Um, but I tried to, you know what I'm saying, to, um, to kind of relate it to everybody, no matter what you're going through, um, you know, whether it's drug abuse. So I have another song called love drug, where it's literally talking about every drug and the, you know, in the book and, and all the addictions that people go through, you know, whether it's alcohol, whether it was, um, you know, weed and stuff like that, which I used to, I, you know, I was, I was, a that was another thing I battled with. I used to, you know, smoke weed for like years when I grew yeah. up, like all my friends, that was the thing to do. And like recently I finally like realized that was one of the things I needed to kick to the side just for my mental well-being, for my physical well-being, for my, um, just so, you know, just for everything. I just realized yeah. it, was, it made me a better person. You know, I'm a, I'm a coach, you know, I'm a substitute teacher. So I realized it made me more communicative and, and just more open and, and more, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm not as uh, closed in and, and a lot of different things, but I grew up with it, grew up with my friends. So me kicking that habit, you know, that's another battle that I dealt with. Right. So, but like, for example, Love Drug was another song um, that I had on there that I kind of like, you know what I'm saying, that I had for people to kind of relate to. And that's the thing about that album, which was cool because in my songs, I never used to cuss. So I had this thing where I'm not a Christian artist, but I'm not going to cuss in my songs. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about drugs. I'm not going to be your typical artist that wants to rap about sex and wants to rap about drugs. And but I was like, you know what, this album, I'm going to do it. I'm going to let it all out, right? I'm going to cuss. I'm going to talk about, you know, weed, ecstasy, all these different drugs. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, mental, physical abuse, domestic violence, you know what I'm saying? And But I'm going to always give that other side to it, right? How do you come out of it? How does it make you a better person? Um, you know, there is a way out. There is the other side of it. So it wasn't like a, a, a you know, end all like, okay, you know, there's always like a way out. You always got to see the light. So it goes from yeah. the darkness to the light, um, the negatives to the positive, the, you know, the bad to the good, um, you know, whether you want to say angels and demons, you know what I'm saying? God yeah. and the devil, 
you know, just the duality of it. And like I said, me personally, it was a, it was me to, okay, now I'm going to let it all out and I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to talk about these things, but I'm going to talk about them where, you know, it goes from the, the bad to the good and like the, give the other side of the coin. And, um, and personally, like I said, just me, that was like my biggest battle. I feel like of life is like I said, my brother. So like I honed that, you know what I'm saying? And I use that to write, you know, and that whole album too, I'm like yelling. So if you listen to the album, I'm like, I'm really like venting. I'm really releasing like a lot of, you know, a lot of anger and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of hatred and a lot of negativity. And it's like, I'm basically releasing and getting it all out because in my, my music, my music is basically my medicinal, you know, healing, like music for me has always been, and me and my friends too. I grew up, you know, making music with my friends. It's always been a way for us to, um, you know, to, to release and to kind of vent, you know, whenever, uh, if we did have a friend that passed away, we always made a song about him. You know, that was one of our things, you know, sad to say, we always had a, you know, we had to have these friends that passed away, but we used to honor them with our music. So when I became an independent artist and my brother passed away, I was like, you know, that became, that became the focus of my music. You know, like I never gonna let my brother's name like ever go in vain or like never going to be forgotten. So spiritual warfare was more about that time in my life, but I did relate it to different things that people deal with. Like I said, addiction, um, domestic violence. Um, so stuff like that and just being victorious. So I have like another song on the end. It's called victorious. And, um, you know what I'm saying? I saw it's, that's more or less like about the album. It's just the duality. It was more metaphorical for me, but I know people do deal with more, you know, realistic and like spiritual demons. You know what I'm saying? That they can relate to too as well when you hear this album. Yeah, man, that's deep. So it's like just kind of like um, navigating through the darkness, whatever that darkness is for you, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever it is for you and just getting through it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, and that's what it is to be a soldier. To me, to be a soldier is like you said, to, to live our own war, live our own battle but eventually to, to fight it, you know, and get through it in a positive way, in a positive manner, right? Because like I said, I had the choice, right? Give up, quit school, like screw my life, you know what I'm saying? Take my own life. I could have been in jail. Like I said, if I would have acted on those thoughts and, and went and, and, and went to go, you know, take this guy out, I was willing to do At that moment in my mind, in my time, I was willing to do it. I was willing to serve my life in a cell and, and honor that I got revenge for my brother. But then I something came to me and said, that's not the way, that's not what your brother would want. You know what I'm saying? So like, so that's like my thing. I got, I feel like I got through it and I want to represent all those people that are going through a struggle, no matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a gang, whether it's addiction, whether it's a loss of grief, you know what I'm saying? Or like I said, a spiritual demon that they're really battling and just coming through out of it and a, and a positive side, using your, you know, using your life for good and honoring, you know what I'm saying? Those that you love or you lost, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I really try to represent with my music. You know what I'm saying? Um, when it comes to, you know, you overcoming your, your um, addiction to marijuana, how hard was that? Was it cold turkey? I'm done. Don't need it. Or was there a battle? Was there, yeah, I can quit any time, but when it was time to quit, you really couldn't. Like, how was there a fight with it or was it something just easy? I'm li- leaving it behind. Man, honestly, I, I, you know, for me, I, you know, me and my friend, we probably been smoking since middle school, right? So yeah. it's 2019. <laughs> I graduated. Yeah, I went to high school 2001. So we're, we're talking about like in 2000, 1999. And um, there was a time where like, yeah, it was like every day straight for like 15, you know, probably like 15 years or 10 years straight. And um, and then I like, so I had a previous relationship. And I remember uh, my previous uh, girlfriend, she did not, she was like anti-weed. So, and I was like the stoner to the max, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so that created problems in our relationship. So there was always times where I tried. So I had like, 
I have this on multiple levels. So there was times where I tried and literally like I couldn't, I'll break down crying and come out with excuses and, you know, try to barter with her, like, you know, of how it's, it's, you know, good for me. And, you know, it helps me with, you know, with my whole thing, my brother and, and all this stuff. And, you know, so I literally would try, but I couldn't get over it. It was like, it was attached to me and I was like physically addicted. I'll go through withdrawals. I will go through shakes. I will go through, like, I couldn't eat like different things like that. Um, and then more recently, um, you know what I'm saying? Cause I was, so then the last couple of years I was like on and off. So I would stop and then I'm like, okay, like, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, let me kind of get back into it or let me, you know, take another tote. And, um, so, but then I remember like one time I got like really sick. So like there'd be times where I'm like, I'm just done. I'm just cold Turkey. And, um, you know what I'm saying? And I would be doing good with it. And I would like, yeah, just flat out. Just, okay. I'm done. And more or less, I always had an excuse. So like, if I was sick or whatever, I'm like, okay, I don't even feel like smoking. So I'm going to use that opportunity to not smoke no more. And then I would go for a week and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep this going. Right. Or I realized, you know what? Hey, I feel, I feel better. I feel more clear. I feel more energized or, you know, but, but yeah, I had all different types of, you know, battles with it where, like I said, I couldn't, I was literally crying because, you know, I, I felt like this was something I couldn't get over. And then there was other times where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm just done. And it like, Cause now it's been so many years where I'm like, you know, I had my fun with it, you know, that was back then. And, and now I just realized, like, now I realize all the positives, you know? So I realize I, you know, I sleep better or like, um, my appetite gets better. Like, which is, it's just funny. Right. Cause you, a lot of people that used to be, you know, another excuse, oh, I needed to eat. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, more recently it was just cold Turkey. And I said, you know what, I've, I've had my years. I've, I'm kind of done with it. I'm, I'm doing a lot of other things right now. And, it, I noticed it wasn't benefiting me as it used to, right? It just, you know, and you kind of get over it. after so many years too. You're just like, it's not even the same, you know, because um, you always, that's another thing too. You have like an attachment to it. So like with me, it was always like, I used to smoke with my brother, right? Me and my brother used to smoke, you know, me and my friends that I grew up with that passed away. So it was always a thing where it's like, I was always attached to it because of those people I grew up with in my life that are no longer here. You know, but now I'm like, I'm living a whole different life. I feel like I'm a whole new person, you know? And um, so, yeah, now it's been more just like cold turkey. And then I started realizing like, hey, this is, I'm actually more talkative. I'm more energetic. Um, I, you know, I, my, my sleep is better or my, my appetite is better. I'm actually able to eat a little bit more. Like I look healthier, um, you know, or my music too, right? Doing music, I'm able to, you know, perform on stage without getting winded or I'm able to, you know, I'm able to write more songs. I'm not like, like, um, how do you say it? Um, like I don't have writer's block, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and it's funny because a stoner will have every excuse of why that's why they need weed. Oh, I need weed so I can write lyrics. Yeah. Oh, I need weed so I can eat. Oh, I need weed so I can sleep. But for me, it turned out to be the opposite. And to me, I just felt like God was, that was my one way that God showed me like, Hey, like you don't need this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, it's something I've always battled with internally. And I just, you know, I felt like, I always felt like if I kicked the weed, that was like the one thing. Cause I didn't drink. I wasn't a big drinker. You know, I wasn't a gang member. I wasn't doing like, you know, like all these, all these bad things, but the weed was the one thing I felt like, you know what, this is like the one thing that's like kind of, you know, questionable about me. Oh, he's a stoner, right? Like I leave a lot of my friends that know me from back in the day. They probably know me as being the kid that used to come to school class high in high school. I used to play sports. I got kicked off my football team cause they knew I was, you know, always getting high. But even then, that was a big deal for me because I loved the football team. I was still athletic. I was still fast. I was still play and practice, but I was just – I had to, you know, smoke or whatever. So, 
So now I was like, you know what? It was always been the one thing that was hindering me. So I finally like kicked it. And I said, you know what? I'm starting to realize that it, it ultimately it's, it's better for me in so many different ways. I dream now, which is crazy. So back in when I was small, I wouldn't dream. I would just black out. Like I would just yeah, sleep yeah, and wake yeah. up. It felt like five minutes. So now I literally, I'm, I'm sober for whatever reason. I dream like every night I have these crazy dreams. Some are more vivid than others, but, but in some of these dreams, I see my brother, I see my friends that passed away. And I say, you know what, this is so much more powerful for me that I actually get to, you know what I'm saying? See my brother and, and different things, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, um, so though, you know, I just felt like I said, ultimately it was so much more better for me. And then, and then recently, you know, like, I think it's been like, it, like here and there I'll kind of slip or whatever, but like it, it's at least been like six months or a year. And I'm just like, you know, I just realized it's so much more better for me. I know you talked about your experiences where you'll kind of dabble and you'll feel so anxiety and all this different stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. So same thing with me when I do feel like, okay, like I've been sober for this long. Like I could take a token. It's not going to affect me. Right. It's like the opposite. You're like, like you get so, you know, you get so high or whatever, or you're so your body is, been without it for so long that it affects you in such a different way and it's like a negative right so so either way yeah i've, I've had different different components like trying to stop whatever but recently i just realized that for me being sober is so much more better just you know energy wise and clear being clear able to write more music and, and different things like that as a coach i'm able to mm -hmm. communicate better i'm not as um how do you say when you're like self when you're like um when you're self uh conscious of yourself yeah yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, but there was a time where I'm saying I was struggling and crying because I, I, you know, I was trying to stop and I, I felt like I couldn't, I was having withdrawals, anxiety. And then, you know, there were times where I'm saying, you know what, like it's not even worth it. And I just kind of gave it up and one week turned to two weeks, two weeks turned to three weeks, just realizing how much better I felt. Yeah. It just makes you really, uh, introspective. Like it's always about you, even anytime you're smoking and stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, so I'll be, so for example, I'll be, you know, I'm doing different things and it's like, I'm always, you think like everyone's looking at you, you know, you think like everyone, <laughs> everyone knows you're high, like yeah. it's it put you in this bubble. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why I noticed too. So for example, like I've been doing CBD. So in one time my, my uh, girlfriend got me some CBD from a shop and it was like a, it was like a three to one, right? Like CBD to TAC. Mm -hmm. But she asked the lady at the, at the, at the, at the, at the shop, like, Hey, like this is three to one. Like, is it going to get my boyfriend high? Cause I was taking CBD. She bought this for me as a gift. And the lady was like, Oh no, nah, it's three to one. Like that won't even affect them. You know, yeah. sure enough, it needs I got to be in there for him to, to him to get the effects. It has to be in there to kind of be the inhibitor. Yeah. I gave him some excuse why I wouldn't get high. That shit got me so high. I was like, they're trying to get know? me to do it. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't even do it. Like, I feel like I'm dying. I can't. Yeah, yeah. it's so not fun. I, yeah, but I, so I did CBD, and like I said, and that one time, for example, like I said, I was sober for so many months or a year, or whatever, and she got me that CBD with had actually had THC in it. You know, the girl told her it wouldn't affect me, so I tried it, and then it just put me in this bubble where I was like, I want to get out. You know what I'm saying? I was in this bubble, and I was like, I did not like it. I was like, I, I, I felt like I was never going to get out of this bubble. Yeah. I felt like I was trapped in this bubble, and and I didn't want it. Like I'm like, I need a. You know, I just went out and almost felt like I was stuck in this in this bubble and it felt like I would might not get out of this bubble. So it was a real terrifying experience for me. And, you know, and I had to like manage you had to control it and say, OK, you know, what? it's going to go away, you know, sleep it off yeah. or whatever. But even the next day, I was like, is this going to affect me? Because I feel like I'm on such a, a natural high. Right. Like I feel yeah. like I'm on such a natural high. You know what I'm saying? And, and and every day I feel like I get I feel better and better and better. 
So I was like, oh man, is this going to affect my, you know, my, all my motivation or my, my energy or my productivity. My productivity has been so, so much more better. I accomplished more things um, and things like that, you know? So now like if I do want to dabble, whatever, or yeah. it just makes me want to sit on the couch and watch TV. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We... And obviously that's not good for any of my goals, you know? So, and I talk about it with all my students cause I'm a substitute teacher, you know, yeah. by trade and a coach. And so I have, you know, there's kids out there, they, they do the same thing. And, and, but it's cool because I can relate to them. And I say, Hey man, like I've been there, done that. It's cool, but it does this and this and this to you, you know, or tell them about my experience. Like I said, you know, it, for me, it's, you know what I'm saying? It makes me lazy, makes me, um, you know, I'm not motivated, you know, don't want to do much, can't get much done. And all these other different things. So yeah. I've you know, followed with it in so many different forms. And ultimately, I just realized it's better to be, you know, sober-minded on a, on a natural high. Because God, like I said, this life, man, it gives you – it's funny because even when I work out or sometimes I'm hiking and just random times, I just look, I'm like, I feel high right now. Like, <laughs> it literally reminds me of being high off weed. And I'm like, this is how I felt. Like, this is how it felt being high off weed. And I'm not – and I'm completely sober. And I'm like, you know what, like, once again, God, just God is good and he's giving me a natural high where I don't need a substance to feel good, to feel, you know what I'm saying, to, to you know, to just feel, you know, to feel good. Now I feel, you know, naturally I just feel, I feel good on its own. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, what I've experienced from it, you know, as a, as a teenager and, you know, teenagers, you know, by a long shot shouldn't shouldn't be smoking with their minds still developing and things like that. It's definitely not good, you know, and I posted just the other day, just, and I just threw it out there. I said, uh, marijuana causes DDD. 
and I, no. I wanted people to look it up, see what it was, and I really didn't go into to details, but most people were making jokes about it or whatever. But it's a uh, it's a real thing, man. I, I experienced it as a, as a teenager. Um, depersonalization, derealization disorder. You feel like you're in a dream, and you yeah. get high, and you feel like you're always high, like you you never come down. And you're like in a dream realm. And there's a, you know, I used to joke, I want to, I want to die like this. I want to get, I want to stay high. I wish I could stay high, but really like, no, you don't like, it's hard to function. It's hard to pay attention. And it's like, you almost feel like you're in a damn hallway. Like you step yeah. back and yeah. you're in a hallway and you're stuck. And, uh, and it, and it came from having that, uh, that panic attack and the heart racing and sweating and turning pale. And I remember as a kid, I didn't know. Nobody, no, nobody else did that. I look back at my mom. My mom had a couple freaky encounters. I remember when we were kids, we was like, "What's wrong with mom?" I remember her, and I had something very similar when that when that happened. She felt like a bug crawled in her ear. She got real high. She's just out of it. She felt like a bug like crawled all the way in her head. And I remember her screaming, getting my sister to look in when my sister was a kid. Like, you know, it freaked her out. And I was like, when it happened to me, like I had that weird sensation and sound, everything sounds different and feels different. But everybody else who smoked the same stuff, none of that was happening to them. Oh, you tripping, man. You just super high. You're just too high, man. You just got too high. You'll be okay. Like, bro, I can't breathe. Hey, what you mean I got too high? I can't breathe. Like, Y'all ain't, yeah. you're trying to get help. You need help. And uh, and they can't help you. They're super high too. Uh, it's just a very scary thing, especially for a teenager to be going through. And so, a lot of edibles are doing that to people. If you go online and just read, go to YouTube and read the comments, they're just littered with that experience experience happening to people. Um, a lot of the big rappers, even Snoop Dogg and the Game, and all these big weed uh, weed guys say, "No, I don't fool with." uh you know the edibles because it makes me feel like i'm dying and and people like you want to go to the hospital like because you really feel like you're finna die you know um and uh you read the comment sections and people do you know i'm glad i didn't call and go in and uh, and uh but you want to because you you have to make yourself breathe for three hours each breath <sighs> and you don't know the rhythm to breathe on it's scary man it is so scary and to process thoughts to have conversations with that like it's scary dude you know when that happens and so just to put the research out there because ain't nobody i've never heard anybody talk about that i've never heard anybody talk about that and it is a thing that i don't know the percentage maybe it's one in a hundred people maybe it's one in 40 i don't know the percentage that you can do the research but the fact that that can happen to you it's scary bro and people don't even know it mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and like I said, it's good to create the dialogue, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, for especially for the young ones or people that are all on the internet now and they are dealing with something like that, so they could kind of have something to relate to or something to say, okay, yeah. this is kind of normal. It's not normal, but it's like I'm not the only one, you know, because that's always giving me comfort whenever I'm dealing with something. If you could confide in someone that's been through it, been there, done that, you know what I'm saying? That's that's where you feel. I'm, I mean, I was like 14 when it happened, and – you know, I, I didn't want to be around it. I couldn't be around it. And it took years until I just would talk to somebody. You don't need to just tell random people that or why you don't smoke. Nah, it does this. I remember uh, working with an inmate I was working with and uh, 
mentioned, he said, no, nah, I can't smoke weed. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Messes with my body. It don't sit right. I said, hold on. What do you mean? It doesn't sit right with your body. What's it do? Man, I get the breathing heavy, man. They had to take me to the hospital. It's a black dude. Oh, really? You had to go to the hospital. Why? Oh, but he's just walking. I'm not alone. It's not just me. And I was the first, I was a teenager in the, you know what I'm saying? And what was that? Like 2000, it was, this was happening. So, yeah. You know, there was really no internet like that. You didn't. I mean, the internet was there, but it wasn't. You know, what I'm saying readily available to to do it, uh, to to have access to it. But then now it's everywhere. Just type in "weed feel like I'm dying" or "always feel like I'm dreaming." Type in "weed always feel like I'm dreaming" or "I'm stuck in a dream, stuck mm-hmm. in a high," for years. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's funny because see, I think at one point it, I do believe it might have been good for me. Like for example, like you know when I'm dealing with you know different loss and 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 this you know my brother p- passing away and. You know, it might have been good to be trapped in that bubble because who knows what I would have, you know, dealing with the actual reality of it, who knows what I would have done or could have done or how it would have felt. You know what I'm saying? So, I, and, you know, I remember my previous relationship, my ex, he would always tell me like, yeah, hey, you're not, you know, you're shielding yourself from the reality of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and I think in, in a way it might have been a positive for me because you're it right. didn't, maybe it didn't affect me as much as it could have. Right. Maybe I could have yeah. still been depressed to this day. Maybe I would have never finally got over it and said, look at it in the positive. Right. So, so I feel like at that point, you know, for those many, many years, like I would, you know, every single day, it was like a, it was like, I said, you had to do it right. It's like a, a habit it's habitual and, you know, you have a, you know, you have a time and I was like, okay, like every couple hours or whatever. So, and at one point you just get so immune to it. You get so like immune to it, or at least I did, you know what I'm saying? Where, you know, it was just, you, when you felt sober, you didn't want to be sober. So you have to take another hit. You yeah. have to smoke another joint, whatever, exactly. because you don't like, you know, you, you don't like not feeling high, you know what I'm saying? So you don't know how to function. Um, yeah. That was like the only day. And that's when I realized, that's when I realized it was controlling me. Cause I'm like, Hey man, now if I don't have it or if I run out of money or if I run out of weed and I'm over here fighting with my friends because they don't want to smoke me out. Like this is not normal, right? This is controlling <laughs> me to yeah. where it's affecting me, right? I'm addicted, right? A physical, you know, mental addiction where I'm like, I need this drug or, you know, cause people say, right, weed's not a drug, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm physically, I'm, I'm addicted, right? Like I can't go a day without, I have to, you know, you, then uh, there might be thoughts of where like, okay, I need to steal, you know, it's $20 from this purse right here because I need to get my gram, right? Like you, it's really like, so that's when you know it's bad, you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't know how many people get to that point, but yeah. at one point, like I said, you're just so used to it and you don't even think, you know what I'm saying, about what you're doing or it's just, nor- it's just normal. So like being high was like the new normal for me. So I noticed when I did start doing my cold turkey or when I stopped for a couple of days, I started saying, hey, like, like I started noticing that being sober was like, it was like a new reality for me. And I started like using that as like a positive and saying, Hey, like, I kind of like this. I'm not used to this. Right. Like I'm not used to being sober. And it was almost like a whole different reality for me. And, um, you know, and I said, and now I'm able to like really deal with, like I said, now I'm able to deal with certain things or I'm a whole new person, you know, but, but it's funny because when I was sober, I started realizing, Hey, I kind of like this because it was years where I never felt like that. And I started to notice, hey, this is not so bad or it's different, right? So I started using that as my, like, okay, I could, you know, this is cool because, you know, when you get high for so many days, for so many years, it just it's just normal and it's like like yeah. nothing, right? And then when I sobered up, I'm like, hey, this is like a whole different world. And um, and I started using that to, like, really get over get over my addiction, you know what I'm saying? And, and But like I said, when I, was, when I was dealing with certain things, I think as a teenager, yeah. you know, it helped 
it shielded me from a lot of things. Yeah. And, and like I said, when I was sober, it was almost like at that time you didn't want to be sober because I think it made you kind of deal with, you know what I'm saying? The reality of things. And, and, you know, that's yeah. what she, my ex, she always told me like, Oh, you're just, you're trying to like, you know, you're hiding from like the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're just, like I said, you're putting yourself in this box or this hallway where you don't have to deal with anything else. You know what I'm saying? The reality of things. And at one point I think it maybe helped me or it was good for me or I liked it. Right. Cause I used to be the same way. Like I'm gonna get high, you know, stoner for life. Right. That was like the stain. Right. I love Mary Jane. Right. Yeah. This and that. But now I'm like, I preach to kids. I say, hey, man, it's not worth it. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? It does this and this to you. Like it's gonna make you lazy. Like, gonna make you unproductive and you know and, and kids will be kids and I, I feel like i had to go through that to learn to this like if i didn't go through that i wouldn't be more appreciative yeah. of being sober because now i'm just like i said i'm so much more um you know realistic and and, and i realize like you said how i don't ever want to be in that bubble again you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. you know and i realize how much more open i am and and more conscious and and it's just yeah it's a trip man it's it's a big turnaround for me because who, like I said, I would have never thought I would be preaching sobriety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a, it's a form of escapism. What, why else? Like, why else are you smoking? I just like the way it makes me feel. Well, that means you don't like the way you feel without it. You're not comfortable in your own skin. Like I have to do it before I go to work. I have to do it before I watch a movie. I have to do it before I eat or whatever. It's because you're not comfortable or, it's a, it's a form of escapism and escapism is real. I think we all have our escapisms, right? And for me, like you said, the little snippet that I did, I talked about how my escape, my escape place that I run to is, is Christ. You know what I'm saying? It's Jesus and running to the presence of God. And that is literally a euphoria that took the place of smoking weed. Like I really, I feel high when I get in the presence of God, I am addicted to it. And it, it helped me get off of weed because it was like hey you think that gets you high what about this let me love you my love upon you it would get you intoxicated you know and like so th- I, I needed that to kind of wean me off but then i got addicted to that presence and that became you know people get addicted to that you know that euphoria let's pray because i want to i don't like the way i feel right now i want to feel different you know and so even that can can be abused or whatever anything and uh and it's definitely being abused by a lot of people uh, everybody's different in different places in life and escapism sometimes you need to escape and if you don't know about the presence of god or you don't know any other options you will go to whatever you know whether it's weed or whether it's alcohol or like you know it's it's been escape for me like there's people i hang around with that like i don't know what to talk to you about but if i have a drink a margarita while we're out to eat i'll be more talkative and open and we'll have a great time but other than that i literally need to escape because i don't know how to connect with you you know, but if I have a drink, I'll be more open, more talkative, more playful, making people laugh. But, um, you know, and it's you have to know yourself is, is what you like you said, you got to do to, to know thyself. But being a teenager, yeah, I needed to escape. Like I was in some really bad situations and hated myself. I hated my life. And but that weed took me to another place where this stuff didn't matter anymore. But I'm I'm writing and I'm conscious of it. it's like the presence of God makes it where this stuff doesn't matter if i get with god and figure out you know just get lost in his presence and i'm taken literally to another place that marijuana used to take me to you know yeah or i think it's also that makes it more crucial one to people to find their passion right like what are you passionate about in life like for me like music has always been like another like form of escape you know what i'm saying yeah, where exactly been in the booth like making music like there's something about it where it just you know what i'm saying it, it allows me to like 
express and escape and get away from the reality of things. Yeah. Like when you put yourself into the music, you know, as an artist, but like, for example, maybe people who draw, like I could imagine, I can't draw, you know, better than stick figures, but like people who draw, like I'm pretty sure when they're painting, in zone. you know, they're in the zone and, they, and I'm pretty sure that feels so good. They release so many endorphins, like they forget everything else. People who run marathon running is my girlfriend's a marathon runner. It's such a big thing where people train, they run every single day. I've been doing a little bit of running and trying to get back into shape and jogging and, you know, like two miles here and there. I see the same people when I go on the same trail, I see the same people, the same old man running. <laughs> like this guy's probably been doing this for like 20, 30 years every single yeah. morning. Cause I know he feels good. Cause I feel good yeah. when I do it too. And yeah. I know it's probably a way of escape, right? People go to the gym, you go to the gym, you pump that iron. That's your way of, you know, escaping and just in you know, endorphins and, and, and kind of zoning out and yeah. focusing. And so like you, that's why I think besides the drugs, those people, they probably don't have an outlet or they're, they're either just stuck in the trend of society, right? Cause everyone's doing it now. So you kind of do it because everyone does it and you just kind of follow what your friends do. Yeah. Anything that's a quick fix, it's just a quick, it's a bandaid. You're not really, you need to understand why you're looking for it or why you need it. It's a quick fix. And for me, maybe, maybe this is religious of me, but I, I feel like anything outside of, of God, like, is like, a, uh, you know what I'm saying? Idolatry. You know, and the scriptures talk about like, uh, like God is a jealous God. Cause he want God, like wants us to come to him. Like who, who were as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply you like if you were um say you're going through some stuff at work you're going through some stuff inwardly you go to your girl what if you went to another girl and told her your problems hey babe like 
I know you, I love my girl, but you understand me more than she does. And that's how God sees it. It's like, listen, I got you. I'm here. Tell me about it. I I, I got peace. I want to give to you. Like, no, there's some more peace over here. The bottle is better. You know what I'm saying? And that's literally how it is. Like in, in you know, what I'm saying in, in the spirit is like God being the sustainer for everything. And we are and in that there are good, healthy habits. There are good ways of es- escapism. The bottle you know, it's not the best. There's a lot of things, pornography, you know, these are instant gratifications. And it's something that to be happy, you have to work, you have to work for it, you have to work for that relationship, you have to work for a good marriage, a good friendship, a good rap career. You didn't just start out rapping like this. You didn't start out with all these albums under your belt. You had to work, you had to listen to other rappers, you had to articulate, you had to write, you get better. Oh, that sounds stupid. Let me get more. Um, you have to work at it. You want to be a good rapper? You got to work. You want to be a good husband? You got to work. You want to be a good friend, a good employee? You got to work at it. Nothing comes free. So all of these quick fixes fall in that same category of just let me put a little Band-Aid on it or whatever the case is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, so. But yeah, music's been my, you know, was my escape for a while. And, you know, and the same thing kind of, they went hand in hand. Weed and, and, and music was like, you know, my way of like kind of forgetting everything or like I channeled everything into my music, you know what I'm saying? Everything I was going through at the time, I probably did like when 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 it first happened, I did a whole album, you know, I don't think anyone's ever heard it besides those that were close to me, but it was called Lost on a Memory, you know what I'm saying? This is back in the days when we were printing out CDs on our computer and writing the title with the marker, you know, and passing them out ourselves, you know, before iTunes and, and YouTube and all this stuff, but it was called Lost on a Memory and that was just literally me going into the booth like crying like almost on every song like just you know kind of talking about yeah talking about you know why this happened to me or my brother how i love him and you know i had one song was like the famous song for that album or a lot of people my close friends know it's called i'll do it just for you that was like the single of that album you know and it was um you know i'll do it just for you i'll do it just for you and it was just i can't sing but i was singing on that you know i'm saying i was releasing on that and I was, you know, full, full bore. Like it just, it didn't matter what anybody thought at that time. I just had to go in there and, and express this and, and, and sing it. And it was like, I wanted to talk to him so bad that, you know what I'm saying? I went in the booth and just like with all my lyrics, everything, it was crazy. One of my friends, good friends, D mobs, you know, he might see this interview. Um, he was with me during that time. And, um, I literally bought a keyboard. So I was setting up my own home studio. We used to record at my friend's house. So then I went to college, got my financial aid, and I'm like, I'm going to build my own studio. But I had no beats, right? So I literally bought a keyboard, and we're making these janky-ass beats where I'm just, you Like, I don't know. I was just playing, putting whatever came together on the keyboard, and, and you know what I'm saying? And I remember making those beats, and, you know, I think I had Fruity Loops, like the first, like, version of Fruity Loops. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, made that song, and... So these were super raw, like the songs were super raw, you know, super uncut, like, and I just went in there, like I said, and I even remember one time too, my, uh, uh, one of my neighbors tried to show it to one of his friends or coworkers, the guy put it in, you know, supposedly threw it out the window, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's how bad it was as far as like music production, you know, the quality of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't sing, but I'm over here crying on the mic, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but to me, that was just my form of release. And ever since then, like music is always, it's developed, like I'm saying, from that point to where I am now, like you said, I've gotten so much more better. I've honed my experience. Now I have people, you know what I'm saying, either want to pay me for a feature or, 
or ask me for advice or, you know, they want me to help them in the studio, which I do. Cause I, you know, I run the home studio business, but it's like, man, from, from that album to now, it's like, I came so far. And, but even till this day, I still honor, you know, my brother here and there. It's probably not like a whole album where I'm talking about my brother, but like here and there, like I'll mention, you know what I'm saying? I'll mention his name or, you know what I'm saying? Mention, um, you know, just mention, yeah, just, just mention how, you know, my love for him and, you know, one day I'm going to see him again and stuff like that. And, um, but it's, it's like I said, music was my release and, and I should have, you know, and like I said, at the time I didn't know better, but I was, you know what I'm saying? I was doing both and, and, but, but music is like definitely like my therapy, right? I always say it's medicinal for me. So music is medicine and it's always been medicinal for me and put it this way. I feel like if I never did that album or that mixtape, who knows, man, I would have probably like, it got so much more off my chest. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was good for me. Like, no, without a doubt, like that album was like, cause when it happened, it literally tore my family apart. Like, you know what I'm saying? It didn't tear us apart, but anybody that deals with a loss, like within the family, like a lot, it, it happens a lot where the family is just not the same after, you know, you could either come together stronger or like slowly, like you guys kind of everyone starts doing their own thing and goes through it, goes through in their own way. So especially when it's immediate, um, yeah, everybody kind of deals with the, on their own. And that's how I dealt with it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go talk to my, to my mom about it. Cause my mom's heartbroken and depressed about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't go talk to my sisters cause that was their brother too. You know what I'm saying? And we could have, right. But we, you know, we didn't. Right. And so my way of dealing with it was like, I went in the booth, you know what I'm saying? And I wrote these lyrics and I went on the mic and I just sang my heart out. Right. Or I rapped my heart out or I, you know, cried my heart out in the booth. And because that was, you know, my way of expressing. And I feel like if I didn't like, who knows, like, would I be the same person I am today? Like, would I be this positive, optimistic, uplifting musician? You know what I, or would I, you know, been somebody totally different rapping about, you know, girls and drugs and, 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 you know, booty shaking and all this stuff that people are on these days. Cause it's funny. Cause I cannot relate to these musicians and I cannot rap that type of music, like the trap music or, you know, all this type different type of stuff. It's hard for me. I'll try to feature with someone or I'll try to collab with someone and if I feel like we're, you know, I can't, if, if I can't, you know, rap that style of music, I'm just like, I'm not into it or I'll try, right. I'll try to rap like all these, cause I'm an artist, I'm a musician, a lyricist, so I could do it, but it feels like I'm forcing myself. It doesn't feel like me. And I'm just like, you know what? Um, I'm like, this is, this is not me and I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. typically my go-to music is, is positive, is love, is uplifting, and you know, talking about my basing my soldier style. You know what I'm saying? And, and then all these new artists, they can't relate to it. You know what I'm saying? But vice versa, I can't relate to what they're rapping about. <laughs> For sure. Um, I want to play this man because this was something that um, really um, spoke to me as a kid going through abuse, and we'll talk about that in a minute too. The domestic abuse and stuff. Uh, you just put out a new video and, and, and song about that, and we'll talk about that. Maybe this would be a good segue. But there was a band, the band Corn, um, that I found in the, in the '90s, and um, l- listening to their music, man, it really just took me to another place. You know, um, let me see. Let me pull this up. I want to pull this up and play it right quick. Um, okay. One thing about it was like. Uh, uh, he he would listen to what well, he would perform and write his music and he would cry like it was all in his music he would oh. talk about abuse he would talk about um 
you, you know, being raped, even like, you know what I'm saying? Molestation and all that kind of stuff, putting it all in his music. And it was just something different, man. I want, and there's this clip. I don't know if this is the full clip or the main one, but it's talking about his emotions and music. Let me see if I can share this right quick. It'd be kind of, kind of deep. Can you hear that? John stuff he writes, it's a little deeper for him. Cause it's, you know, real emotional. What he gets. You know, there's not one night up there where he's when he's not really feeling his lyrics and really singing from his heart. There's, there's every night. That's not it. That's a that's a joke. That's why people. Oh no, I clicked the wrong one. Here we go. Here's a, here's a part with him uh, doing it. So pretty emotional. <laughs> It's crazy. Um, in the album version of that, and, and there, there's another extended clip of that where he's just weeping. He's just crying. And they, they, they put it on the album, man. It's pretty insane. And the other footage, like some of the bandmates come in and hug him. But that was something to show you, like, that emotion could be captured in audio. And what you're going through, if you can articulate it just right, um... You know what I'm saying? Like other people can feel it as well, whether it was him, whether it was Tupac as well. Like we used to feel the same way, felt like we was them. Um, and then now maybe for, for the conscious stuff, it's a little bit deeper. You know, you do it more conscious. I, mine's spiritual, etheric and all this kind of stuff. Um, I feel like I'm embodying these different spiritual encounters that I've been through and taking people with me on those encounters like taking them back trying to describe it or what it was like and so we have the ability to do that to create it like the mind and the the imagination the will and the emotions all coupled together to have this encounter whatever it is whether it's let me let you i want to let you know what i felt when i got raped like this is it and this is what he's doing in that song or being you know, beat by his dad every night with a belt and, and can't go to school. He had to stay home from school because he was beat so bad. You know, these different things and embodying it in music or art in the movies and stuff as well. It's very interesting that we have the, the, the a power and ability to create and create essentially realms for other people to experience who have never experienced it. So whether that's what we only know is the trap. What we only know is the drug culture or whatever. It's all, that's just self-loathing. People listen to that and they, they loathe and there's no way out. Yeah, you you feel it. Yeah, it, it touches something down deep within you because you feel like somebody else understands you. I'm not alone. Like that's powerful in and of itself. But for, for the more spiritual for and conscious stuff that we do, we like, hold on, there's a way out. Like it don't just loathe in it. We're going to talk about it. It's real. But there's a way out of it. And so a lot of that music, it glorifies that stuff. It glorifies the drug lifestyle. It glorifies doing Molly. It doesn't talk about the day after Molly. Like it doesn't talk about how you have used up all of your serotonin and dopamine for the night. 
It doesn't talk about waking up and having to fix breakfast for the kids or whatever you're doing and you, you don't feel anymore. There's no, it burns out your emotions. It doesn't talk about that. You know what I'm saying? So to say, look, whatever you glorify it, you're in this place. You know what it feels like. Let me show you the way out. This is an alternative or whatever. And it's better, in my opinion, spirituality, uh, having peace with God through whatever means that is prayer, meditation, music. It is all tied in together, but with a positive message. And that's what you're doing. Talk a little bit about the song that you just did and, and where you got the inspiration for that. You talking about rock bottom or? Uh, yeah, the one with the the story of the girl. Yeah, so with the, uh, abuse. Yeah, so I wanted to, you know, so once again, because I've been doing music for so many years, and I feel like I've been telling the same story in different forms. You know what I'm saying? Telling my story in in different ways and and talking about the same topic. So I was like, you know what? I need to once again talk about something that's a little bit more on the dark side, something that maybe I haven't been through and related to, or that I can't relate to. So um, I reached out to a, a, a couple people online and um, and I said, hey, I want to you know, I want to tell someone else's story. So I said, you know, anybody who has a story, a testimony, something they've been through that's, you know, that I can't relate to and 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 uh, wants to tell me their story. I'll put it into a song for you, you know, and I kind of wanted to do this for someone. Um, and I wrote two songs so far, but the, the first one I released was um, about my friend Roxanne. Um, she went through a horrific domestic violence um, situation where her husband and the father of her two kids um, was basically a, abusing her mentally, physically. And, and, and it was really, really bad where, you know, she just had no choice, but to, you know, kind of accept it. And she was in a place where it, it got to the point where he basically kept her prison in her own home, you know, where, um, you know, he would obviously, you know, he would get physical with her, um, she couldn't go to work or she had to like, you know, cover up her bruises with, with makeup sometimes. Um, but he was in the, I think he went to the Navy. So he was, a, uh, you know, he was somebody that was, you know, in the Navy and, the and, um, so she, she was just so f- afraid to ever come out. Cause this was going on for years. And I guess it got to a point like the pinnacle of the song and the story is he locks her in the closet and basically doesn't let her leave for like, like a, like a day or two days or she can't go to work. And, um, and basically, you know, and she threatened, like, and there's a point where the cops come because, you know, someone's calling the cops to kind of see what's going on or, or, you know, I don't know if it was her mom at the time. So like, I think it was from the commotion, like a cop came by and sure enough, he threatened like, Hey, you, you better not, you know, you better not say anything or I'm gonna hurt the kids, you know, and it, it just got really, really bad. And so the pinnacle of the story is she's locked in the closet and her mom comes to the, her mom basically was not, you know, usually she had a routine with her mom where she would call her mom, text her mom. And her mom was not getting these calls in Texas no more because she was locked in a freaking closet. And this dude took her phone where she couldn't commute, communicate with anybody. Um, you know, and eventually mom comes to the door, basically says, Hey, where's Roxanne? I'm going to take her, uh, I'm going to take her to the hospital or something. Or I forgot what was the, the exact reason why, um, you know, but, he let her out and sure enough, that was the time like she finally told her mom like, hey, like, you know, she finally had the courage to tell her mom that, you know, he's abusing me, he's doing all this stuff to me and, and you know, she's scared and she does, you know, because at that point when it gets to a certain point, you don't know if this guy's going to take your life, you know what I'm saying? You don't know if they, what this guy could do. He was, yeah. like I said, doing everything from um, demoralizing her, right, to making her feel less like, you know, doing that, you know, have doing sexual things with her, but like making her feel deviant and like, 
just just so many things that she did. I didn't include in the song, but when she told me the story, it broke my heart. And I know her personally, you know, and I would have never known. And the first time she told me about this story is when um, she bought a merch, she bought a sweater from me. So like one day, like I was selling sweaters and, you know, it's called We Live Our Own War, We Fight Our Own Battles. That's my slogan, you know, as a as modern day soldier. So I was selling these sweaters and sure enough, she bought a sweater. And this was like years removed from the incident, but I went, I went to, um, you know, to go deliver the sweater. And she told me her whole story and basically told me how like she, you know, she related to me as an artist or my music or my message because she felt like a soldier. Right. And these are like the people I really try to touch with and, and be in tune with, you know, and I try to make music for, but, um, yeah, horrible domestic violence case, you know, it started small. So when she was pregnant, like the first incident she mentioned, which I, I notate in the song was that, um, you know, she didn't really know that this guy was capable, right. It starts as your, your sweet, your sweet love story is all they, and they always do, you know, takes her out, always opens doors, you know, very kind, very gentleman-like, you know, someone from the Navy, you know, she falls in love. And I guess when she's about three months pregnant, something happened, some type of, you know, incident happened where he, he finally put her, his hands on her, but not only did he put his hands on her, he choked her. So he grabbed her by the neck and he like, kind of like, like pushed her to the ground and he was choking her and her friends, this was like in front of her friends and her friends had to like try to get him off and they couldn't really get him off. And obviously he finally let go. But that was like the first sign, like according to her in domestic violence, like she never knew this guy was capable of these things. And that was her first incident with him. And she was, you know, pregnant with her first kid. She had two kids. So this was the first sign. But once again, you know, the person, the, the husband, oh, I'm sorry. You know, they start being, um, you know, apathetic or sympathetic and oh, I'm sorry. Or, you know, or they blame you, right? Like you made me do this type thing. And um, but then you, you're, you're, you're pregnant, right? So she's pregnant now. You're about to have a kid. And, you know, but it progressed and progressed and progressed to the point where, like I said, it got horrible and like the pinnacle of the song is she he locks her in the closet doesn't doesn't let her leave to work nowhere you know what i'm saying keeping her prisoner in the home threatening to either take her life or or hurt the kids which is you know completely psychotic and um and her mom was uh, her mom rest in peace she recently actually passed away um her mom was the hero of the song so in the song i wrote you know she told me her story i wrote it out you know what i'm saying and she says i nailed it you know what i'm saying i tried my best she says it's you know she loves you know she's really um been promoting the song and she thanks me for the song because even for her to hear it, like, it's like, almost like it's, 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 um, it's kind of like healing for her to heal, hear the story, you know what I'm saying? And to have it out there and for other people to hear her story. Cause she actually works with kids, um, as a, a counselor and, um, you know, for those that, um, that are in need of a, like a, like a house or need of a home or, um, I forgot what it's called when you're, when you work with the, when you're a caseworker for families, mm -hmm. So she works with kids in that scenario, whether, you know, they've been abused or their parents are, you yeah. know, on drug and abusive. So for her, it's like came full circle, you know, where I did the song and now she helps others, you know, that kind of been through the yeah. same thing. So like now she has this song and I guess there's a quote or something about like the best thing is for like somebody to tell your story or for you to tell others your story. And, um, but yeah, so you know, and she was rescued by her mom. Her mom came to the door. She convinced the husband to like, hey, I need Roxanne. We have a doctor's appointment, right? Some type yeah. of doctor's appointment yeah. after not hearing from her for a couple of days, which which was, you know, odd for her. And then she takes her out and then Roxanne breaks down, basically. So then they file the restraining order. You know, this is after years of abuse, mental, physical, emotional abuse. Um, and they finally, like, 
get um get a you know a restraining order and get him you know he only served a year in prison which is sad so she's still kind of dealing with this guy but she got out of the situation she's like a survivor you know because it could have got worse and if she would have kept herself in that situation who knows what would have happened you know yeah, to this day this guy yeah this guy still blames her for everything that happened or now she has a restraining order where he can't see the kids yeah you made me do it yeah you made me do it you know this is your fault um and then also she was still trying to let him i guess because you know child custody is so messed up nowadays he still had rights to see the kids yeah so she's still fighting to like make sure this guy has no part of her life right and you would think that would have been enough but um but recently there's another incident where you know he's seen the kid and he did something to the kid and um you know, and now she's filing for like sole custody of the kids, but the the um you know the system is so messed up that it's hard for her to even make this happen, right? Him being the dad and him being the father, like they're still allowing him like you know partial custody or whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, she got out of it. You know, she was you know she was strong enough to to finally break out of it because there's some people that some ladies and girls and I guess you know according to her, I did a perfect job and. You know, and I don't want to guess, you know, according to her, I did a perfect job. And, you know, and I don't want to like brag or boast, but like, you know, the, the song came out really good. So I'm really proud of it. But yeah, it's, you know, domestic abuse is real. And, you know, people need to hear hear things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Give them strength to come out of it, man. Um, have you seen that video on, on Facebook? Um, a lady was going through domestic abuse and she was in a very similar situation and convinced the boyfriend or husband to let her take the dog to the vet. And he goes yeah. with them, and she like just pulls out a oh, note. No. Yeah, the yeah. Note. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, pull, pulls out a note and and, and shows the people or whatever. So uh, then the cops end up get, getting called and all all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's pretty um, uh, pretty crazy, man. Whenever um, you know, and that, at the end of happens. the song, you know, what I'm saying at the end of the song, I do mention right because that's what my music is always about the you know the dark, but I got to show the positive. So I basically at the end of the song is like the the um the endings you know saying hey if roxanne was able to come out of it you know what i'm saying like you can too right if you're dealing with something like this like you know what i'm saying there, there's a way out once again and you know and and like i said not everyone does make it out but she was a survivor and you know and if you're a survivor like you know i talk about how she's doing better now you know what i'm saying so um obviously when you deal with someone like that there's always going to be because now she has anxiety fear right different trauma post-traumatic stress that she deals with, but like ultimately she got out of that situation. And so my, my, um, you know, my point of the song is that if you deal with something like this, it's not too late for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I've always encouraged, cause I was in a toxic relationship too, you know, personally with me being, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, always being high and, and, and not being in touch with reality and, you know, and, and taking advantage as far as like, um, you know, just, just not being the best, you know, boyfriend or partner or lover that I could be. And like, and I encourage people like if the relationship is toxic, if it's not, if it's not fully full love and, and, and understanding and communication. And cause I hear so many relationships nowadays where people are like, Oh, he, you know, he gets on my nerves or he pisses me off or, or we fight and this and that, but we stick it out. Right. And that that's all good. If you could, you know, stick it out and make it work. But if it's constant and it's, you know, on and off, like my last relationship was so many years and the last two years were on and off and we stuck it out because, we felt like there was, you know, you don't want to break up that type of relationship after so many years. So you stick it out 
And, um, but I, I, nowadays with my new relationship and everything, I encourage people. I said, Hey man, if you're going through problems, you guys are arguing, fighting, cursing at each other, or, you know, and it's constant. Like I say, you know, it's better to call it quits than to try to make it work. That's like my thing because it took me six to eight years to realize that, you know, to realize, Hey, there's other people out here that you can, um, that you're compatible with that will love you, that you won't fight with that, you know, will honor you, uplift you, that will, you know, cherish you. You think like, you know, oh, no one else will love me the same. No one else will treat me the same. No one else will do this for me, you know. Um, but there is, you know, there's somebody out there that's willing and waiting and wanted to love you the way you're yeah. supposed to be loved. So I encourage people that are dealing with even small, like just um, toxic relationships, you know, maybe not be to the point of abuse. But like I said, there's people that stick out relationships even after physical abuse, you know, and it's sad, but like I said, she was, you know, she definitely got out and I'm glad she did. And I was honored to tell her story. So, you know, I kind of been, you know, working on some more songs where I'm telling other people's, you know, testimonies and stories. That's interesting, man. So you, you do that a lot in your music though, as far as like telling stories, right? And this was the first time you told someone else's story. Yeah. I love to tell the kind of like, I'm like, I usually like to be like the narrator, right? Like in my, in my songs or, you know, I do tell different stories or I try to, you know, yeah, that's, that's the beautiful thing about songwriting, you know, is you, you know, you're like the narrator of a, of a movie or a book and, you yeah. know, so, but yeah, I definitely do like to do the storytelling type of, type of song, yeah. type of songs. but this one, I was finally able to get it from a different perspective and something that I couldn't relate to, you know, cause like I said, for a while, it felt like I was just telling the same story, a different spin on it, you know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just, I just did my first one uh, at the beginning of the year which was uh, for a contest that I did and um, ended up winning. But um, it's a song called Scars. And uh, and it was the first one that, because it's hard for me to stay on subject writing. Like my mind, like the, the words that I connect together, a lot of times they're not, they're like, it, it bridges to something else. So I had to kind of, so it's hard for me to like, you know, he, let me keep mentioning this person and this person going through this experience and this journey and stuff. But so I really did, I think my first one, um, at the beginning of the year and I, I got man a lot of people reached out to me saying that it, it, it blessed them and um, but it's talking about dealing with uh, um, it's come it's kind of like um, you know being being left out addiction just uh, you know misguided youths or whatever finding each other and finding healing together so it was uh, interesting to, to put that out there and stay on subject so it's kind of hard for me to do yeah, I've, I've always had that problem too where, yeah, like you said, it just my thoughts are more scattered and my, my when you rhyme, that's the unique thing about songwriting too is you're just, you know, there's really no structure to it. There doesn't have to be, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of times you're rhyming, like I said, you're just rhyming, you're coming up with different rhyme schemes and, and different patterns and, and, you know, and you don't really like, you're not necessarily telling a story from beginning to end, you know, so I've done that too and I've, I've always felt like, you know, I need to structure my, you know, my songs a little differently or a little better or whatever. Cause sometimes I'll go on a tangent. I'll be writing it with one word and I'll rhyme with that one word, the whole song. And I always tell myself, I was like, you know what? I'm a great writer and rhymer and stuff, but I don't need to show people that I can rhyme with the same word, the whole song. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's where like the talent comes from as far as like chopping and writing and got all these bars, but you're rhyming stuff. Like I said, that doesn't really go together. I know I'll listen to like some, like uh, you know saying tech nine, and he's just so fast, you know, follow me all around the campus, the campus of ecology. He was like throwing stuff in there. And so they would be like filler stuff. It's like, hold on. Why did you just randomly throw in that your partner's with Waka Flocka? Your chakras are popping off the worldwide choppers. Like, hold on. 
your partners with, with Waka yeah. Flocka, then your chakras are popping up. Oh, this is just insane. Just like, you know, so, I mean, it's cool because he's so good at doing it fast and just throwing all these words together, almost like the dude that used to be on the, the Micro Machines commercials when we were kids, you know, the auction type guy. But, um, yeah, it's like you just, you, you're just using filler words. I mean, a lot of people, we don't curse in our music, but a lot of people use curse words as their, you know what I'm saying, filler words. So they'll they'll throw all types of S bombs or F bombs or whatever the case is in there, you know. It's like a creative form of writing and rhyming because I've I've done that too plenty of times, right? Where there's really no structure, it's really not going anywhere, but it's just like it's more random. But it's just you're just rhyming, right? And you're just you know may not be as random as some of these other artists, but like because a lot of times I'll eventually make it make sense. Exactly. But, yeah. But it won't. Be- there won't be no order of the flow. It just kind of, like you said, you're rhyming one word from another and then you'll take it from here to there. Yeah, it, it has its own journey. Like, it's its own thing. I mean, I, I know that's definitely my my style of writing for the most part. And um, people love it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it paints a picture and it's like a journey together. Okay, first we're, we're talking about this. Now we're talking about this. Now we're talking about this versus this one song has, it's only about this. Like this, this one song is only about a breakup. No, the song is about, I mentioned my breakup. I mentioned my childhood. He was really good at that, about like telling the story and, and sticking, like really kind of relating to others, you know? And like, whether it was talking about, you know, him growing up and, and going through different things, but he would narrow it down where it was more like on one subject and he would just embellish that subject in, you know, in, in many different ways, but it'll be more focused of a song. You know, and like you said, it's more okay. This song is about this, and and he was able to really relate with his audience, and he did a really great job. And, and you know, and that's why I noticed. I'm like, okay, man, this kid's you know he's blowing up and he's doing great things. And it's like, and I noticed that that was like one of his. Um, how do you say that was one of his things where he was really good at. Like yeah. he'll tell his story, and he'll tell it in a way where, you know, he was able to relate it to so many kids because he was more focused on like the whole story, right? Of whether he was, you know. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply tagging and then getting arrested or like he has this one story about how he got stabbed like he got a he used to be tagging and then and i guess he got jumped and stabbed and almost lost his life so he did a whole song about it you know what i'm saying and this is just one of many songs but a lot of his songs like i said they're more focused like you won't hear too many random you know songs and they're songs that he knows that the kids that listen to his music are going to relate to like whether it's the girls the females like he has a song talking about how girls like they're always putting on makeup and you know, you take a hundred, you take a hundred selfies and you only pick out one, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that, that are really relative, like now, especially like nowadays and that kids nowadays can relate to, like, he's really good at knowing what, you know, like what's going on now and yeah. what are they relating to? And then he can put it into a song to where it's like powerful and hey, they like, you know, or even uh, there's another cat named Gremlin. He's really good at it, talking about breakups, you know, talking about, you know, girls not valuing themselves or guys not valuing the girls and just speaking all on that topic and just just making the most out of it just yeah. just holding on that subject. there's a lot of people and, doing it i mean you, i mean look at joiner lucas i think that all the like successful guys have been able to do that i mean just the songs that 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 have meaning to them not just a good catchy song those songs come and go but the songs that have a meaning they're usually telling a story like all the whether it's the you know what i'm saying the rock from the uh you know late 60s early 70s rock music that we used to listen to like all of that stuff it, it had a story it was telling you a story there's other oh. bands out there even bands who kind of write you know what i'm saying more the way that i do like the one uh band that comes to mind is the band bush like trying to listen to to Bush's music, people are like, "What in the world is he talking about?" Where there's a bunch of little, like, bars. Like even for me, a lot of a lot of myself, and I even like writing this way, is letting that bar be about something. Like not not bar, but let's say four four bars. So all of these four bars go together. They still piggyback because it's in the same context. But there's another four bars that they, they are. It's talking about the same thing. And so there'll be 16 in a verse if you do that. So there's, you know, four of those, um, four, eight, 12, 16. Yeah. So there's four of those little bitty stories or brackets that all tie in, which I did in my song Alpha. That's a really one that's close to me because I, I just remember writing it in sections versus having the whole, the whole writing it. To all together if that makes sense i know it makes sense for you maybe the people listening have no idea what we're talking about a bar <laughs> you know what i'm saying but it's about writing you know and uh I, I like even like looking at my lyrics the way i have it pasted out it's like this whole thing like here's four bars about jordan maxwell here's four bars about uh helena blavatsky here's four bars about spirit contact you know what i'm saying and it all ties into one one umbrella yeah yeah. Now, have you ever had that uh, moment where you're like writing and you feel like you're channeling like like something else or you're just like in a really good groove and you almost feel like you're channeling like something from another like realm or like <laughs> or like you feel like you're someone's guiding your pen. Like that was, like the best way I describe it. I just felt like, you know, like, man, like I can't like this coming out good right at the moment. You're just writing. You're in a groove. And yeah. then 
like later I listen to the song and I'm like, I can't believe I came up with that. Like low key, I feel like someone once again, whether it's my guardian angels or like my brother or like my friend, like yeah. someone like helping me with these lyrics or giving me these ideas, these intuitions, these notions yep. and these structures too. Like the way, you know, there's a couple songs that I have. I'm like, I cannot believe I wrote that and how it came out like that. That's yeah. So perfect. And like, how did I create that? And I, I can't give, you know, credit. I can't take all the credit. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? God gives me these thoughts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like my, I know my, my angels are over there looking over me and helping me do what I do best. Right. Which how do is I express. know this stuff too? Right. Channeled yeah, material. <laughs> like you're literally channeling something like, how do I, yeah, yeah. You, didn't, you you know, these certain things that you're writing about in your song. It's deep. It's mind blowing. You're like, I just wrote yeah. that. I've been doing it just, you know, with, with that, as far as writing my, uh, songs definitely i mean we deal with higher knowledge in our songs right so it's going to happen a lot more for us but even writing my book i'm writing i'm working on two books right now and i'm writing a paragraph and i'm like god just, i need to just share that and i'll just copy it and pay throw it up on the internet like this is good and it ministers to you right and that's the, the weird thing with that like when you're writing it you're like wow this is this is magic and it really is an alchemical process yeah. it really is magic using words i mean words are magic we're 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 performing rites as we write or some people write in cursive and they speak curses over people and we're spelling and with our spelling we're speaking spells over people good or bad blessings or curses or whatever um but yeah we get we get done we step away from something we're like wow we're blown away it's even bigger when you come back months or years later and you look back especially if you're uh, talking about higher consciousness stuff like we're talking about and then you're going through a rough spot you you don't there's no synchronicities you f you don't feel like you have a purpose or a point in the world i mean we go through this roller coaster right you go through these dark times and you listen to your music you're like man i don't even believe i wrote that there's no way and the hard thing for us too, for me, it's been harder. Like it's a little bit, it's less fun. There's going to be less music coming out because of this, because we set the bar so high. And now every song has to be better than that song. And if we put out one, we've, we've done a disservice to ourselves, to the fans, to the community, because we've wrote stuff that may have been channeled. I don't know where it comes from. It definitely comes from God, right? But um, we're like, every song has to meet or beat that. We set a level. It's like, oh, Lord, that's a great song. Like, that's an otherworldly song. People listen to that song and they leave their body. Like, they go on that journey. No pressure next song no pressure it's like come on dude yeah. and um that that's how you get better 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 but i found myself kind of repeating the words and having songs that are just let, let me just finish the verse or whatever and i'm like i'm i'm selling my, i feel like i'm selling myself out to do that it's like how, how many times can i use those rhyming words how many times can i talk about the same thing and articulate it it's different when i sit down here at the computer to write to work on a beat let me write something that's one thing but most of those beautiful songs and most of those weird rhyming schemes that really stand out have been when we were doing other stuff right they weren't like okay it's time time to write a song and you get something beautiful, sometimes it works. But the majority is you're jogging, and then you're like, transcend the physical, spiritual, individual. Faith follow up a work, some healing them with the syllables. Third eye visual, teaching mystical principles. Like, hold on, let me write that down. And then I can take that and then come back to the lab and dissect it and add to it and get another rhyming scheme that kind of fits with that beat of these little pieces of paper that I've wrote doing other stuff. 
not writing music, but working on the car, cutting grass, jogging, you know, whatever you're doing. And so those little phrases and things that come to you, man, some of the best ones I've, I've written were not wrote while I was working on a song. Now I've been able to add to it because I have the, I have the kind of a topic. I have the syllables there that I'm going to keep trying to go with and I already have a layout and a beat for it. So then I can come to the lab and still dive in with that. Some of it, I guess some of it is let's put on the beat, let's write Bing, got it. But most of it comes from other places through the subconscious. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember, uh, I used to ride a, I used to ride my bike a lot when I was younger. And I remember I used to be riding a bike and, and, and I would get like melodies. Like, I remember that's what it was specifically for me. Like I would get these melodies, right? Like hooks, like all of a sudden I was coming out with these catchy, like hooks. And like you said, just out of nowhere, you're just riding the adrenaline is flowing, the endorphins, right? Yeah. And these things are just popping in your head. And then I remember I used to have to, um, bust out my phone while I'm on my bike. And I used to have to press record, like the voice record. Yeah. And I was, singing, you know what I'm saying? And I would like, I forget, I, you know, I don't remember exact melodies or whatever, but I would just like have to sing them all. And I would have to record it right then and there because I would have to let like, rem- I would like, if I wouldn't remember how exactly it sounded, exactly how I, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, like, exactly yeah. how it came. So I'm like, okay, I need to record it exactly how it sounds in my head right now. Yeah. So later when I go to record it, it's yeah. going to, you know, I have an idea or like a, something to go back to. Yeah. Um, and now, like now I wake up in the morning and I go get my exercise. I'll walk around. Um, they have a reservoir here in LA. Um, it's called Silver Lake Reservoir. I'll go walk and I'll still like go and bust out a beat. But I found out that when I'm walking and I listen to a beat, like the lyrics come to me a lot easier and a lot better. So I like to be in motion basically when I'm writing my lyrics, you yeah. know. So I'll still throw in a beat and say, okay, like, 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 and, but once again, whatever comes to my head, then I just start writing it out down, you know, so you're still kind of forcing it. But then I had those moments where, like I said, I'm on the bike and I had to get on my voice recorder and record whatever I could hear in my head just so I could remember it later. Yep. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll, if you write it and say you're driving or you pull over, I pull over and write stuff down because it's like, there it is. I'll write it down. And then get home either that evening, exhausted, or get, go back to it the next day. I don't know my rhyming scheme. Like, I can't just rap this to any beat. I don't. And and for the life of me, like, that's trash now because I can't remember the tempo. What might have yeah. been a, l- a little bit different and you can't remember it. So pulling out your phone and just rapping it in your phone just so you know the cadence that you spoke um, and just getting it out of you because you'll forget it, you know. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I've been doing the same thing with my writing and stuff. It's kind of like this thing with God is like, just get it out of you, like get it out. And I'm going to give you more. Same thing with the lyrics. Get that, get that four syllables out, that two bars out, get that out. And I'm going to give you more. You get it to build and build and build and build. And I'm going to give it to you. Creativity is going to flow all of that in the same way with working on my books right now. I'm, and it's hard to, to get inspired because there's so much that you know you got to do so it's like crippling even it's like man i don't even a book is going to be a lot so i don't even so it pushes you off because you've got so much to do um but now i'll be like doing something around the house and i'll have a sentence come to me and i was like all right pull it up just come to the computer real quick 
Get it out. I mean, you may have a paragraph, you may have three sentences, but get it out. And as those three sentences get out, it's stored. And now I have more to give you and it's going to flow. God's not going to give you the beginning, the end, the middle stuff and just fill it all in. You can't carry it out all in your head. You got to get it out of you. And so really, yeah. like I've, I've been writing some stuff about that process of the Lord says, I will give you a new heart. Okay, that's the topic. I will give you a new heart. And then vroom, here it is. Here's the revelation. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Wow. I just wrote three pages about God giving you a new heart. And I had no idea where this came from. So there you go. You get into the flow state is what it's called. Whether you're talking about people talk about channeling. I think that a lot of these people who are so-called channelers are even tapping into the flow state. And they're like, I don't know who it comes from. They'll give it another voice. They'll give it a name. This is come. This is a guy named Bashar who lives on the planet Xenon, you know, and, and it, it, it gives them an instant credibility when they do that. But they it's tapping into that source field that they don't know where it comes from or how to explain it. But I really feel like it comes from within somewhere, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we, I've definitely had those experiences and it, it, that's always the best stuff, too. Like you said, that's that's when, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, what I'm saying something powerful and something that um, is going to be worth, you know, saving and writing down. And it's usually, like I said, it's always like a good, that's why you have to write it down. Cause you're like, Oh man, this is good. And like I said, that's something you wouldn't think of, you know, when you just sit down trying to force it, unless it's in the flow of things. Cause like you said, a lot of times yeah. I'll get going with some lyrics. I'll sit down, listen to a beat. I'll get going, but it's not until like the middle or the end or like the second verse, just say I'm writing three bar verse. Like sometimes it's like the second or third verse. I'm like, Oh man, this is getting good. And then you'll even scrap the first two verses and just keep going off of the third because like you're now you're in a flow and you're in a rhythm and you're channeling or like you said, you're yeah. really like the group of things and now you got it going. So like, you know, so it's, and that's when you like, know you tapped in. Right. So, um, you know, but I've definitely had those experiences and I, and I love those experiences. And once again, and that's when you're, that's when you're in another place and that's when you're, you're zoned out. And that's when you're, you're, um, how do you say it? Like you're escaping, right? Because, mm -hmm. You're not, yeah, that's when you're totally in your, in your, uh, your realm. Have you ever, um, I've had this happen like notably on, on one occasion, the song is decent, but, um, have you ever woke up and had lyrics in your head, like fresh out of bed there? It's like in your mind, there was a song that came to you. You wake up singing it, repeating it over and over. You're like, I got to get this down or jump in the booth and record it. You ever woke up and had that, that in your head? Yeah, it's definitely happened to. I could recall that's happened to me once or twice. Um, um, but it, you know, it's not like everyday type thing. But I do remember that happened to me one time. And um, but what I do notice is that, like I said, when I go take my walks in the morning, um, the 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 best things come to me is when you're right out of the dream state. Like that's when yeah. I notice. Like, yeah, and like whether it's thoughts or whether it's like lyrics, like in the morning, it just I just notice that my thoughts and my lyrics, they're just so much more potent for whatever reason, you know, and I, my brother, Andre Aram, he explained it to me is because it's when you're off the soul plane, right? When you get off of that dream state and that soul plane, you're still like halfway in it. So like, you're still in that whole other, you know, that other realm. So like you're able to get these thoughts that you wouldn't have like later in the day, because you're, cause once we wake up and we start doing our daily thing, we start doing our things, you're already, getting so influenced by everything else. Right. But when you just wake up, when you're just fresh from your sleep, these thoughts that are in your mind are like, you know, could be from this other, you know what I'm saying? The soul plane as he describes it, you know? Yeah. The true so. self or something, man. Um, 
I remember the lyrics and it wasn't, you know, and the weird thing is, as I'm thinking about it now, it's almost like it could have been like just God speaking to me and I just turn it into a song. You know what I'm saying? Like God just giving me something and it was like, oh, there's a song. Wake up with it. But it was a song called, uh, I did a song called Chase Christ. And it was, uh, it was when I was dealing with all the prosperity guys in the church and going back and forth with the Christian rap and stuff. But it was, uh, they chase money. We chase Christ. They want to have it all. We just want to have life. You need a new vision. You need a new view. Cause this is so much bigger than you. But I remember I woke up singing it in my head and I just went straight to the booth and wow. laid it down. So yeah. it's cool That's when that happens. Yeah. I do recall. And like a lot of times, so I'm saying it's just like, just, it's just random. Thought. Like you said, it could just be thoughts, but then you turn it into, you know, you turn it into a song or a lyric. <laughs> um, but yeah, I notice when I first wake up is when I'm, I'm the most inspired to do, to do anything, you know? Um, and I always try to act on, you know, my thoughts in the morning. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man, for us and like, because, you know, we're in this dialogue with God, right, with consciousness. And it's like God's trying to speak to you and we're trying to turn it into a song. Like I remember like uh, getting like getting those inspirations like that or just random of the day, random words come to my head. Like, you know, what I'm saying serenity. I was like, oh, I need to do a song called serenity. And I feel like God's like. No, I'm trying to, you need to seek serenity. I want to give you some serenity. Don't write, write a song about it. You need serenity in your life, you know? And, uh, well, we just, but that's just how we are as poets and as psalmists. We just, we write. We're looking for inspiration and we're no matter where it comes from, you know, we want to write it. You know what used to be really, really, uh, what I used to love and what I remember as a, as an artist when I had my home studio, like when I was younger, when I, when all I had to do was music, when I had no, you know, no job and, and <laughs> either just going to school or something or like there was a time where me and my friends, it was 24 seven music. We would literally like, for example, we'd be in the studio and then we'd be writing all like all day or all night. Right. So we'd be writing and recording all night. Um, we'll write the song, record it. We'll be like, you know, you go to like, so I go turn off the studio, right. We're listening to the song that we just recorded. Uh, I'll go to sleep wake up go straight to the studio turn on the studio listen to the song that we just recorded last night hear the song and then and then basically jump into the next song or the next verse or whatever it was and i remember that's like i feel like that's when music was because now i don't have that type of leeway to be doing that you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. with all the different things i got going on but at that point i just remember that's when music was so beautiful and so free and like so flowing and like because literally when to sleep, you know, after just doing a song or, you know, dreaming about the music, then you wake up. First thing you do is play the song you just recorded last night. And then you either, like I said, continue that song or, yeah. okay, let's throw on the next beat. And it was just 24 seven. It was like, I was living the life of an artist, which I've done a few times. Like when we went touring and just back in the days when he, I don't know if I was a student, I might've been a student at that point, or maybe I wasn't enrolled in class. But yeah, that was the days, man, when I'm saying I would go to sleep, basically go to sleep in the studio, wake up in the studio, you know, and then that's the first thing yeah. you do the last thing you do before you go to sleep, first thing you do in the morning. And I just remember that would give you, that definitely gave me a lot, so much more like, you know, a lot of inspiration and just a lot more creativity. And it just, yeah, I just remember it feeling good. And I just like, wish I could go back to those days, which I can, but like, you know, now, you know, it just life changes, you know, so now you know, I'm not as young and yeah, I got and a lot. You probably, of you probably, <laughs> you probably progressed a lot more too in your style, yeah. stylistically, but no, they, I mean, those, those early times are near and dear to your heart. I mean, when we first started recording and first we, I, I built the vocal booth, me and my, my, um, uh, father-in-law, we built the vo uh, vocal booth and had it set up 
uh, in my living room, and it, for years you come in my living room, and we in our family living room we have a vocal booth set up, and I had a wireless keyboard and wireless mouse mouse, and I would look through the screen in the booth, and the computer was outside, and I would record it from in the booth, and they're like, "Oh man, I love your setup," and uh, people would come over and we, we would work on songs together, and we would knock the song out, and then after every song we'd get in the car with someone who had a system, and we'd ride to that song and bump it in the system, and we'd be like, "Oh man," and we'd hear little things in it we need to change but it was usually on to the next one it was just like man i got a song it's a it's a song and it's pretty good and here's another one and so we just knock out all types of of, of music but every time we get done with the song we get in the car and ride i don't have that uh you know enthusiasm for it anymore to record a song and just be so excited i'm getting in the car listening to it like that but early days we definitely did that you know yeah those are the good old days is that the same setup that you had when we were there? Because that reminds me of what you did. Oh, described. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Over there. Yeah, yeah. You had that in the living room and you could see through it. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah, yeah. So you guys recorded in that booth. Yeah, I took that down a couple of years ago and I just got, I mean, now as long as you got a good mic and you have one of those, um, what they call a portable vocal booth, which is just the little wrap around that wraps yep. around as long as you got a good mic in that you're straight but my mic yeah. sucked so bad like it picked up the room it was like a little hundred dollar mic and it just would pick up just the atmosphere and a lot of wind and air and so it needed a booth like that but that was good to have a booth in my living room because my wife could be watching a movie and i'm in the booth recording the song you know in the same yeah. place but uh yeah man the good old days <laughs> Yeah, no, it was beautiful, man. Like I said, that experience, you know, recording that song with you and then doing the music video out in the backyard with the water hose and, yeah. you know, and just, <laughs> just to manifest that and make it what it was, like, knowing that, like I said, we just, you know, two kids from California came all the way to your studio in Alabama. Dude, that was a, that was a great, great video, man. Still, It, it still holds yeah. up to this day, bro. It's a good song. We still say, like, yeah, the song is a great song, but when we see the video, we're like, man, you would literally think we're like out in like the Amazon oh, forest. Yeah, yeah, because I did the, cuts, <laughs> did the cuts and everything. Like a lot of people edit. did. A lot of people yeah. did because I took some some uh, Amazon forest and stuff like drone shots yeah. that look looked very similar to where we were, but literally we're in my backyard, and it, it just looks like this yeah. magic, this magical. So we're killing the magic now, now, nah, but um. Yeah, no, that was that was fun, and like I said, the rain, and um, it was funny too. Just on, on some other stuff, like I was, I remember I, I would I would do stuff and post stuff that would kind of uh, challenge people's dichotomy, especially the religious community. And I wasn't really a Blavatsky fan, and I knew a lot of people who knew who she was. So I put a Blavatsky quote at the end. I tried to find like a good Blavatsky quote. A lot of Christians like can't stand her because she's into theosophy and she's the mother of the new age movement and things like that so i was like you know what let me find a decent quote that i can put at the end <laughs> from yeah, blavatsky nice. just to mess with people <laughs> but uh because in other songs yeah, i yeah. say expose you as a fraud like blavatsky but that's just some background info too for people who watch this, this beautiful it, it video then this blavatsky quote yeah it fit like definitely like you know for like the for what we we're doing for the song for the tour just like everything that we we're doing at the time the movement you know, but, but what people don't know is we had to put our clothes in the dryer after that and wait for them to dry so we could, you know, move on to the next state, you know? So the, yeah. <laughs> so people don't. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah, I wore my ET shirt. I got I got that ET shirt from uh, from uh, uh, Universal where we went on the ET ride. So 
Yeah, just some yeah. little background. <laughs> I don't have that shirt anymore. It's definitely too small. But, dude, yeah, man, good memories. And, man, I enjoyed hanging out with you on here, catching up. Like I said, you didn't know what we was going to talk about. So let's just roll with it, man. There's so much that we, we can talk about and so much that we can probably keep going, but we've already done almost two and a half hours. So it'd be a good spot to end it, man. Thanks for coming on hanging out with me. Uh, people are wanting to know in the chat, are you on YouTube, where to find your stuff? Go ahead and plug your music and uh, all that cool stuff where people can check you out. Uh, do give you a kudos and shout out to you because a lot of your stuff is branded under the same thing modern day soldier so it's really easy to find versus modern day soldier uh my email is you know godson 187 my facebook is so and so so kudos on the branding with that but yeah go ahead and share your stuff man yeah as a marketing pr major i had to you know make sure my stuff's all branded so yeah if anybody wants to find me or my music man you can search me up you could google me uh you know uh modern day soldier soldiers s-o-u-l-j-a but I'm, I'm on YouTube, so same thing, YouTube. You can just type in Modern Day Soldier, S-O-U-L-J-A, um, all one word or three different words. All my stuff should pop out. Um, iTunes, Spotify, um, you know, I'm on any any different streaming platform that, you know what I'm saying, you could find my music, Google Play. Um, I got some music videos on, on YouTube as well. So, but, yeah, once again, it's just Modern Day Soldier, Soldier's S-O-U-L-J-A, Modern Day spelled as is. And um, yeah, I even have a the website. I think the website is .net, so moderndaysoldier.net. But um, but yeah, for my music, you might want to, you know, what I'm saying, you can go straight to the website, find all my different links, or you could just go to YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music, and type in Modern Day Soldier S O U L J A, as in the soul, the spirit, the soul of Jah. The soul of Ja. Yeah, not with the H, though. It's not with the H. I know, right? <laughs> Someone tried to get me to change my name and add an H at the end, and, you know, I couldn't do it just because, like, the branding, right? I had to keep the branding all Exactly. All you know, once you once you do it, you got to go with it. I'm glad that I changed mine early on because I was Truth Seeker at one point, and I'm um, trying to brand that. Maybe I would have did good at branding. I think I'm pretty good at branding at this point. Maybe I would have Maybe I would have been the first result on the Truth Seeker. Now, that would be cool. That's a lot more organic hits. Hmm, but when I put the AH, you know, totally all my stuff pops up and it was easy to get the websites and all that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. Shout out, man. We'll do it again, brother. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me. And next time when I got my album or a couple of things going on, I'll, I'll hit you up. We'll do it again, bro. All right, brother. All right, peace and shalom. Blessings. Right, Modern Day Soldier, Matthew Schuler, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for those of you watching live, I'm sorry for the hiccups in the stream. I don't know. It seems like the internet's been doing good, but something's up with this program now. I don't know. It's been crazy, and it's really irritating. But you know what? We may do what we got. I will edit it, put it together for a good audio podcast, and make it sound cohesive. But no, really good show. Really enjoyed it. Talked a lot about a lot of music. Went in on our knowledge and love of Tupac Shakur, um, overcoming addictions, marijuana addiction, DDD, you know, a uh, bunch of really cool stuff. Talked about Christ and spirituality as we always do and what it means to him what it means to me i like to throw my two cents in there and just got got to give you guys some background um information on um the songs and writing process and recording process and what that looks like what that sounds like so yeah it's a bunch of different uh 
just background shots in there. So with that, I'm going to say peace and shalom, man. Thank you guys for hanging out. If you'd like to support my work, uh, see everything that we're bringing to the table, a bunch of really cool stuff, go to Patreon, patreon.com backslash truthseeker. You get access to my music. That song we're talking about, uh, Fearless, it's it's on Patreon. It's a really good song. The video is even better. Go check them out together if you haven't. Just type in Truthseeker, Fearless on YouTube. Check it out. Patreon.com backslash Truthseeker. A uh, bunch of really cool stuff. Just to answer a question right quick, I know there were some questions coming through. Um, John Judo, my brother, he's is asking what is the topics that I am writing my books on that I mentioned at the beginning. Um, two different ones. I've uh, started off writing one. It's called the Spirit Realm or Spirit World, and it's really just covering a bunch of different. Um, angels, demons, entities, and the sovereignty of God and how they all coexist into this spiritual ecosystem and influence mankind in our uh, daily walk in and out of that. And uh, and really, it paints a picture of the sovereignty of God as showing how you how God uses all of that stuff and they all have to answer to the almighty creator. So that's that's one, but it's a bunch of spiritual encounters with different entities and beings and angels and demons and aliens and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be in that book. The second book, uh, as far as the working title right now, is just simply knowing who we are in Christ in the heavenly realms. And so I'm just really talking about knowing what we look like, who we are, what we have access to, and um, how to get access to it by practicing the presence of God, practicing spending time with God in intimacy and in prayer and in meditation. And so, yeah, it's going to be good. Some good stuff. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Patreon.com backslash truthseeker. Check it out. Love y'all. Peace, peace. Yo, That does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truth Seeker podcast, head over to truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.